the devil's work. Welcome to Real Horror Show, episode 600 billion. I've got a feeling this is number 10. Is it? Yeah. Okay. We're now in double figures. <laughs> it feels like we've done 600 billion of them. That's <laughs> <laughs> well, just me being fucking weathered and old and oh, tell me about disenfranchised. It. I've, I've just hit 48, so... I know. Well, yeah, it was Mark's birthday the other day. He was born in the 1800s. <laughs> <laughs> so he's old as fuck. It's going to be half a century in two years. That's fucking weird. That is scary, isn't it? Still out like it, what twenty? Yeah, that's fucking scary. I was I was having an existential crisis the other day thinking about it. I'm thinking because like in my head I'm about fourteen years old. Yeah, yeah. But physically I'm fucking not fourteen years old. (laughs) You're only a year behind me, aren't you? Yeah, Yeah. true. Yeah, not a lot. A year, a year and a bit. I think. Yeah, year and a bit. And I like that bit. (laughs) (laughs) You're lording it over me. Yeah. This episode we're doing a top ten list of our our favourite films that we think deserved a sequel i've kind of excluded certain films from my list based on the fact that while they never got a sequel i think they wouldn't have benefited from one i think they as a standalone film they they serve better so things like the babadook for example i didn't include because i don't think that film needs a sequel it might ruin it so i've only added films that i really would like to see a sequel to i don't know how you've done your list yeah i've kind of done similar i just i didn't go by necessarily favorite films but i've done 10 films that if sequels were announced, I'd be up for it. Yeah. Now these are my, this is a list of my favourite standalone films. Oh, okay. Okay. I think right. I'm still on the fence about my number one and two though. They might differ <laughs> when I get to them, or they might stay the same. I don't know. I'll see what sort of mood I'm in. Do you think we're going to have any crossovers on this? Because a couple maybe. Yeah, I was thinking maybe one or two. Yeah, I think we might have a couple. Okay. Yeah, you can go first this time if you like. Sure. Well, this is one that I think you'll be uh, saying that you've never heard of it. And mine is Dororo from 2007. It's a Japanese movie and it's based on the manga series by Osama Tezuku. It tells the story of a lad named Shakimaru. sorry. And his father made a pact with demons that in return for ultimate power, I think there's 48 demons. And they could take each one could take a part of his son's body. So one takes an arm, one has his heart, one has his eyes and all things like that. And he ends up with this little limbless lump as his son <laughs> well, you ain't got no legs Lieutenant Dane they, they kind of do a Moses thing throw it in the basket and chuck it away and what do you know an inventor finds it and creates eyes and detachable arms that have sword blades in them I'm probably pushing it a bit by calling it horror it is a little bit more supernatural fantasy right. it's got demons so I'm kind of going yeah you're right you know, yeah. I haven't heard of it no the reason I've put it on here is because the film ended with him only having regained 24 parts Right. He only fought 24 demons. There's still another 24 to go, and it never happened. It Did never you know got why it never happened? No, I don't. I'd... Was it ever planned to have a sequel? I don't know. You'd presume so if you've only done, you know, you've got 48 body parts to retrieve, and you've only then got... How old's the film? 2007. So that's probably never going to happen. No, that's a while But that is something if someone had said they're going to do a sequel and he's going to get the other body parts, I'd be like, yes, please. Yeah. I would quite happily go and watch it. Well, you never know. I mean, sometimes they do do related sequels. Yeah. But you would have a... thought they probably would have done it by now. Yeah, exactly. Was it a, was it a popular film? I don't. I haven't looked that far. I liked it. 
I think it would have been. It must have been popular in Japan because of the series it's based on. Prior to the movie, there was a video game version on the PS2 that mm. came out based on a character called Blood Will Tell. And right. I quite like that because that was until you got your eyeballs, or at least one of your eyes. The game was in black and white oh, okay. for the first couple of levels, and then you get an eyeball, and you're like, oh fuck, it's in colour now. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's 2007's Dororo from Japan that I think is a film that if it had a sequel, I'd quite happily watch it. I'll have to check it out. Like I say, I haven't even heard of it, let alone seen it. Some of the there's a lot of CGI for the creatures. Some of it's a little bit. It's not crap but some of it's really obvious. But then again, I can look past that because they're supernatural creatures that aren't part of our world, so does it matter if they don't quite look right? No, I guess not. Yeah, that's, no. how, I, that's how I figured it. But Okay, yeah, yeah I'll so check that one my, out then. My obscure one for number 10. Okay, my number 10 isn't that obscure, and you've probably got it on your list. You probably haven't. <laughs> I'm telling you nothing. <laughs> it's from 2014, and it's It Follows. I don't know, you've obviously seen It Follows, have you? Yeah, yeah, yeah It Follows. It's basically the story of teenagers having sex, and every time they have, if they're cursed with this entity that sort of follows them around relentlessly, if they have sex, they pass it on to the next person. I think the whole film's like some sort of allegory for venereal disease yeah, or some shit. Right. But it's Paranormal a really, thing. really good film. Um, directed by David Robert Mitchell and starring, is it Maker Monroe as Jay, the main the character? Yeah, I don't know who you mean. I don't know the actress's it's, name. It's got a fucking cracking soundtrack as well. Yes. I love that soundtrack. I've been looking for it on vinyl. It's like by a band called Disaster Piece and it's sort of really 80s, of like electro synth but cool but yeah, yeah the yeah. film I, I mean I, lo- I love the movie and there is scope to do something else with it I think because it can be passed on to so many different people and the, the entity can look like anything it decides to look like yeah the whole premise is they send it to a, give it to a prostitute in the end hoping that yeah it would then pass on yeah the whole premise is like really creepy the fact that I mean it doesn't run after you you've got plenty of time to get away but it doesn't matter where you go how far you go yeah. eventually it catches up with it you and if it does catch up with you it fucks you up although my issue with that film sometimes it would walk very slowly after you and sometimes it would just stand on a roof and watch you and you know it's not approaching that person it made it a little bit it does but then it does head down off the roof and carry on yeah. walking up but it did you. spend a lot of time just standing and staring rather than just Come on, you're supposed to be approaching this person. It's supposed to be this inevitable. But I did like the film. I've just used Google Maps to see how long it takes something to walk to Australia. <laughs> Go to Australia, give myself a few months of, yeah. of sort of peace of mind. Because I don't think it boards aeroplanes and shit like that. It'd have to like wander through the sea, wouldn't it? <laughs> Go through walls and things, I can't remember. No, I had to go through doors. Oh, okay. So you could see yourself in a bunker and just hope for the best. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it does. It has to have doors. It has to open doors. It has to smash a window to get into a house. I think oh, at some point during the film. I know they um, had the was it an invisible fight with it? Was that a swimming pool or? Yeah, yeah. But they were planning on sort of like getting it in the pool and throwing toasters and stuff in there. With yeah, it, <laughs> which doesn't work. <laughs> I quite like as well. What worked for me really a lot was the fact that you don't know what time it's set in. It's the, uh, the period is set in. It's completely ambiguous. You don't. Sometimes it looks like it's set like many many decades ago. Yeah. Yet they've yeah. got like little handheld reading devices and things like that, and they never sort of clear up when it's supposed to be set. And I yeah, quite well, like that. Yeah, I was going to say I kind of like that slight yeah. vagueness to it. Yeah, but no, I really loved it. Okay. It was one of my favourite films of 2014, and I'd very much be up for a sequel yeah yeah i'll agree with that because yeah, yeah there is a lot of scope to do with the entity the entity or whatever or yeah getting passed on to other people so yeah or what happens if it starts to return back hmm. i mean if that prostitute dies it then goes to the next person down the line doesn't it, it comes yeah back it, jo- it jumps so, back yeah to the person beforehand yeah yeah so you can either do new characters or so you never really it doesn't matter it's quite cool that you, it doesn't matter what you did to save yourself you could never really relax they never mentioned the origin of it did they i don't think so this is some bloke fucked the corpse and its ghost is really angry maybe <laughs> as it would be yeah. I don't want to be fucked when I'm a corpse actually I don't mind no, I won't give a shit I'll be dead so right you're number nine 
My number nine is from 1988, and it's They Live. Oh, I didn't make my list, and you've got me questioning why now. Yeah, because <laughs> the ending is very open. Rowdy Roddy Piper does his bit, gives a middle finger. Everyone can now see the creatures. They can see the aliens, and then the film ends, and you're like, I want to know what happened. Not necessarily I want to know as such, but if someone, if John Carpenter was like, I'm going to do a sequel to They Live, I'd be like, yes, please. They Live, to me, kind of seems like the film that would have been at some point carried on in like comic or graphic novel form. They may have done actually. I don't look that far. Yeah, I don't know if it has a not. Movie sequels, but you know, if you used to hunt one of them down, you probably would find out what happened. Yeah, it must be because they they do tend to sort of carry on those sort of old films with with some form of comic. You get some that do them, and they're not strictly. I mean, look how many times people have done sequels to Aliens. Yeah, there's a lot of different timelines. Yeah, (laughs) which which one's canon? Yeah, but yeah, no, I thought They Live would be one that if if that was announced, I would quite happily. Sit and watch that. The only problem is you won't get Rowdy Roddy Piper know, anymore. But does he die at the end? I mean, pretty much. Mm. He just blow up the, the relay thing, doesn't he? Yeah. The satellite or whatever, and gives him the middle finger. Yeah, so. but he kind of made that film. Yeah, he did. And with yeah, it, and a, sequ- a, a Roddy Piper sequel. I know, yeah. It wouldn't quite work as such. But then again, it'd be interesting to see. Because it was a, uh, similar to, was it 1984, with that whole thing being watched and controlled. Yeah. Which would work in any decade. Yeah. Yeah, so. I quite like the. Um, I mean, John Carpenter is quite political anyway. Yeah, you know, and he's never hid his politics from any of his films. And I quite like the, all the hidden. What's the word I'm looking for? Subtext. Sub, yeah. the, the suggestive hidden things, subliminal. within things that are telling or, you to conform oh, and consume. Right. Yeah. It's oh, subliminal. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. That was the word I was looking for that I couldn't <laughs> fucking think of. I quite like all that sort of like yeah, yeah. just signposts with consume and yeah, that we can't see, but yeah. we're being slowly drip fed. Yeah, it's obviously a political film. Yeah. But it's that thing we're, we're being slowly drip fed to like yeah yeah buy more useless stuff yeah make babies vote certain ways yeah. and uh, but conform to certain things for me that's a film that has a lot of scope for a sequel I mean you could have someone you know this this thing's happened people can now see the creatures you'll have someone running at the, the presidential suite to tell Mr President that oh my god have you seen and he's one of them they're like oh fuck you know yeah who is and who isn't it's going to open a lot of doors to it's a great movie I actually mm. introduced Marie to it uh, a year or two ago she'd never seen it surprisingly I was like oh we're watching they live I think she enjoyed <laughs> it I love the soundtrack again it's like yeah, yeah, John yeah. Carpenter's soundtrack so, always fucking great his class sort of synth. Brilliant. And of um, course you've got that cracking fight scene with Rowdy Roddy Piper and Keith David. Yeah. So. <laughs> Keith David's still going so he could. That is actually a really realistic fight scene though. It's none of this sort of like everybody knows Kung Fu yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. well just... choreographed slapdown. Yeah. They're just beating the fuck out of each other yeah. with like <laughs> trash cans and all sorts of yeah, shit. Yeah, so they're both like too knackered Completely to bollocks, which is yeah. what a real fight is like. Yeah, to a, you either get a fight that ends in a couple of punches, yeah. if someone gets a lucky hit, or you get those ones that just, just go drags on. drags on until yeah. you're absolutely bollocks. <laughs> Although, of course, he had to throw a, f- a few wrestling moves in there, but you're expecting yeah. that. Yeah, but it is a great fight. So. Yeah, I love that movie, and I don't know why it's actually not on my list. Although I am happy with what I got, but yeah, yeah I would happily watch a sequel to They Live. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So Good choice, sir. My number nine is from 2002, and it's Bubba Hotep. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. there was supposed to be a sequel, I think. They announced it at the end of the credits. Was it like Bubba Nosferatu or something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but didn't like. I think uh, Bruce Campbell and Don uh, Cascarelli fall out. Apparently so, but I think they're yeah. okay now. Are they? I think so. Yeah, they had a bit of a falling out. I was so on board for a sequel because I fucking yeah. love that movie. I don't know if anyone hasn't seen it. It's basically about an old age Elvis Presley played by Bruce Campbell in a retirement home. Uh, nobody believes he's Elvis because it turns out years ago he swapped places with a Elvis impersonator who then went and died. <laughs> the Elvis impersonator <laughs> and there was the drugs and that a bit a bit too much. The, uh, the original yeah. Elvis. He ended up fat and dead on the toilet, and the real oh. Elvis was then. That was the speaker. <laughs> yeah, it was then uh, then buggered. Yeah, so he ends up in a retirement home uh, with a black guy 
who claims he was JFK, yeah. who got dyed. <laughs> his skin was dyed that colour to hide him, and they took his brain out, and he's got a bag of sand in his head. And if that ain't cool enough, they end up fighting a Egyptian mummy. Yeah, soul-sucking mummy. <laughs> who can suck your soul out of any orifice, and for someone, this one likes a bit of eating the ass. Yeah, sucking them out of the ass. <laughs> yeah. You never go ass to mouth. There's also like scenes involving like big scarab beetles and resident who thinks he's a cowboy. What's his name? Oh, oh, it's, oh God, yeah, I know who you mean. I can't remember what his name was. But it's a fucking balmy film. Yeah. That whole scarab scene was exactly like the, the mutant fly scene in Phantasm as well. Yeah. That same sort of, but I loved it. It was such a good film. Obviously, the director yeah. did both Phantasm and this film. Yeah, it's brilliant. I love Bubba, yeah. Bubba Hotep. And I really, really wish they'd done Bubba Nosferatu because Bruce Campbell as Elvis was fucking brilliant. Did you listen to, on the DVD commentary track, there's a one with him doing it as Elvis. Yeah. Pretending to be the real Elvis, seeing this film about him, and going, is this what they think I look like now? And they're like, oh, i got a peanut butter sandwich in there. And he does the whole recipe for how to make it. Mm. Yeah, so basically Elvis is like old as fuck. Uh, no one believes he's Elvis. They think he's Just Sebastian Half or something. He's got like a possibly cancerous growth on his dick. It has one of my favourite lines. I don't know if it was in the short story because I've never managed to track it down. And I've, so I've never read a story it was based on. Yeah. But there's a line in there where... Is it the the guy in the bed next to him that's died, and the chap and his daughter comes in? Yeah, she's bending over. She's cleaning bending his... over, and she's got her shorts have kind of gone up quite a bit. And he said something like, "I felt my pecker flutter once, like a pigeon having a heart attack before it laid down and died." <laughs> yeah, fucking love that line. It's such a good line. It's a really good lines, isn't it? Oh yeah, but yeah, it's a great film. If you haven't seen Bubba Hotep, I really do suggest you check it out. And. Uh... I don't know if we'll ever get the sequel, but I would no, really be on board. I think that. they've done comic book sequels and things too, haven't they? I'm yeah. sure they have. Yeah. yeah. But I've never read any. No, I haven't actually. I might have to <laughs> rectify that one. Yeah. Baba Hotep. That is my number nine. Yeah. Fucking brilliant film. Yeah. And Marie, Very good pick. Marie thought that should be like, she was like pulling apart my list of things saying, oh, that shit, this is a shit list. <laughs> and thought Baba Hotep should be in the one or two spots. Oh, okay. Because she loves that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it didn't. It made nine. I didn't share my list of my wife, actually. I normally tell her what's going on, but mm. I didn't this time. Mine no. just got fucking picked and I was made to feel... <laughs> was you belittled? Yeah, belittled. <laughs> it's not fair. I'm happy Don't with really. it. Don't I like your choices so far. Thank you. <laughs> I'll moan when you get to the one and go, what the fuck have you put that there for? <laughs> <laughs> it's your number eight, then. Eight. It is my number eight, and this is the last one where I've written the year down as well, because my list only got less and less information put on it as I went <laughs> along. But I'm going back to 1974 for the Hammer Horror Times for Captain Kronos, Vampire Hunter. Oh, fuck, I haven't seen that film in a long while. I've watched it again early this year or end of last year, I think, because it was supposed to kickstart a whole new franchise yeah. as well. And I like it done something slightly different with vampires. and I mean, the name is fucking stupid. I'll give it that, whether that's what put people off or whether they were just tired of vampires at that time. I like the name. I think it's a great name. I love those it just, punchy... To me, Captain Kronos sounds a little bit more sci-fi. Yeah. Because when I first heard the title, I was like, oh, is this some late vampires in space kind of thing? And you're like, oh, it's just some dude on his horse with his sidekick. But it was it was going to kick... They wanted it to kickstart a whole new franchise. They wanted to take vampirism in a different direction, which I think they did. <laughs> but poor box office returns meant it just stumbled in his tracks and we never got a sequel yeah I don't know what their plan would have been whether it's because he obviously Caroline Monroe was in this one I would be disappointed if she wasn't in the next one because big crush on Caroline Monroe mesmerised by whenever she's on the screen yeah I mean she so, actually I mean she actually looks good oh she's still for her age. Yeah, she looks good now but at, she, at that point when she's in her, her prime so to speak she's just mesmerised yeah. yeah it's just a shame that the, the film just never got a sequel there was apparently a novelisation that came out in 2011 
Oh, really? But I've not tracked that down either. I don't. It, it's a bit late to the game, isn't it? Yeah, I know. But it would have been interesting. Yeah, so. no, good pick. It's just I, a shame it stumbled it. in its tracks because... I'm going to have to find a copy of that and give it to the watch. I haven't seen it for years. Years and years. Yeah. Kronos was played by Horst Janssen or Janssen. He was a German actor. Horst? Horst. <laughs> was it my accent dropping a T off? He was played Horst, by Mr. Horst Ed. <laughs> Kronos was played by Black Beauty and Seabiscuit. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's aged particularly well as such, but I just like that they took vampirism in a slightly different direction. Hammer did some interesting things with uh, vampires anyway. Was it yeah. the, uh, they did a Kung Fu movie, was it Legend of the Seven Golden, Golden vampires, vampires or something? Was that in hand with, was that just them or was that hand in hand with a Shaw Brothers <laughs> type? It might have been, I can't remember, I haven't seen that for a long while no, either, but they did, they did try and do different stuff from time to time, mm. other than just the sort of like Transylvanian Dracula and that kind of thing. Well the thing with Captain Kronos was that Hammer films were kind of going into decline and they thought they'd do something completely different with the whole vampire premise and so on, but it just... It flopped in the box office, and that was that sort of thing. And yet they planned it to be a franchise, or they is it hoping to do it as a franchise. Hammer keeps sort of bouncing back every now and again. I know they came back with... Um, didn't they do the remake of Let the Right One In? Yeah, they and was, did, and they did The Woman in Black. Didn't they do one with... Oh, I wasn't a chap who had cameras, and he was spying on his tenant or something. Sliver. No, no. <laughs> Wasn't Christopher Lee in it as the guy's dad? Oh, it was called The Tenant. Oh, it was called The Tenant. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I think so, yeah. I think that was one of their... That, that and um, they did Let Me Over around the same time. They came out in a year or two yeah. of each other. Yeah, and that was their big comeback. And then they're doing another comeback with a film that's coming out soon. I want to say it's the Nicolas Cage Dracula film that's supposed to be being made or something. Oh, okay. I can't remember. It might not be that, but I think oh. it is. Okay. Yeah, so every now and again, Hammer bounced back. Yeah, be nice to see to make a good return. There was such a... I don't know, my words are gone. They were so important in a way to British oh, yeah. cinema. I love them. I've got a box set or two of old Hammer classics and I fucking love them. Anything with sort of Peter Cushion and Oh yeah, the, the, Christopher the, the, the Lee. Three. Peter Cushion, Vincent yeah, Price and Christopher Lee. You... Yeah, absolutely. You know, and uh, stuff like, I love films like The Devil Rides Out is a great movie. Uh, the Satanic Rise of Dracula, all yeah. those sort of like old... um, Doctor Fives as well, which kind of does a sore prior. So, I mean, now often you get a film where a man's killed by like a... The bust of a unicorn. Yeah. It's impaled on the horn. You know? <laughs> yeah. Is that, yeah. I, I love Hammer Horror films. I love the whole... Um, I, and I, a lot of people didn't like it, and I understand why, but I quite like The Nun that was released a few uh, years ago. Oh, because, okay. I didn't watch that Because once. to me, it had a bit of an old-school Hammer feel to it. Oh, okay. Yeah, the way they'd sort of shot it and filmed it, it just sort of like reminded me of Hammer movies. Well, they done that with... Did you see The Love Witch? Yeah. That had that same yeah. feel to it. And I think if you... Showing it to someone who didn't know it was a new film, you could probably fool them with it as well. Yeah, because it's supposed to be very seventies, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, it was a good movie. So yeah, I, mean, I love Hammer horror films, and uh, that's a good pick. Yeah, thank you very much. Sir. Good pick. Is it my number eight? It, uh, no, it's, oh, is it? Yeah, I went first, didn't I? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's your number eight. <laughs> uh, my number eight is from nineteen eighty-one, and it's The Burning. Oh, okay. And given the 80s penchant, if you like. There you go with that French again. I've warned you I'm not responsible for my actions when you talk that way. For churning out sequels. Yeah, yeah. I'm so surprised it never got one because it was, I mean, it's basically Friday the 13th. Hmm. Just a gorier version of Friday with the 13th. Garden shears. Yeah, yeah. And, and fingers flying through the air. That is such a good sequence. It is a good sequence, although it does look a bit hokey when you look at it now. It does look like a very plastic hand. <laughs> but it's a great movie. And how it never got a sequel. Yeah, that is surprising. Given that it, was, it started around the same time as the Friday the 13th films and a few years before the Nightmare on Elm Street films and all the films throughout the 80s that got sequels. I don't know how the burn... I don't know if it didn't perform very well or what. I, I don't know. But, uh, 
Yeah, it never got a sequel. It's just yeah, fucking no, baffling. I haven't seen that in a long, long time. I must admit, it's probably been a good decade since yeah. I've last watched that. I haven't watched it for a while, but it holds up as a good film of that era. Because wasn't that they do a prank and someone gets set on fire? And Cropsy. Cropsy, that was Cropsy's it. the killer, yeah. I think he has like a, a jaunty little tune to his name throughout the film. But it's also one of the uh, the first appearances of Holly Hunter. Oh, really? Yeah, and some oh, dude okay. from Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Or something, but <laughs> it's basically Friday the Thirteenth. It's set at a summer camp, yeah. and uh, they're all sort of being picked off, albeit more gorily than in Friday the Thirteenth. And yeah, it's only a standalone film; never got a sequel. Baffling. Yeah, it's a good pick. I'd forgotten all about. Yeah, that, so. yeah. You would think it's the kind of film at the right sort of time to have a franchise. And yeah, because especially when you think most of those films of that nature, slasher films were getting sequels left, right and centre. Yeah, so it didn't matter how good or bad they were, they were just fucking churning them out year after year. I think Friday the 13th for the first the first decade had a had a sequel almost every, yearly. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. far off. Wasn't and it? then I think by the time the uh, the 80s ended, we'd had five the Nightmare on Elm Street films. Yeah. We got them, then the Halloween sequels. and everything. Yeah, yeah, there was a few of those in the 80s, weren't there? So they had no problem with churning them out Regardless yeah, well, of the quality, like, things like Sleepaway Camp and that sort of thing—they all had, yeah, they all had sequels. But yeah, you're, you're right; it's weird. How it's bizarre, yeah, because it's exactly the kind of film you would expect to have a franchise, and it never got a sequel. And don't understand why, right. but I would have happily watched, yeah, more The Burning, especially if they sort of kept the, the caliber of gore on the go. I think it was banned here for a while, wasn't it? Did it? Was it? Uh, was it part of the video was, nasty? I'm not sure if it did make the nasties list or not. I don't know, but I think it was hard to get hold of an uncut copy. It was the boat scene, wasn't it? But yeah. that was done so well. I think I remember. A documentary where Tom Savini had explained where you see the the open shear blades yeah the open shears you see the blades of it funking into the wood of the boat so it gives it that solidity and then it's obviously a fake one when it swipes and cuts the hands off but you've already seen it looking mm. solid and jamming into stuff which kind yeah. of sells it so I don't get it I don't no. understand why it didn't it just didn't but I'd have happily watched one yeah I'd agree with that one yeah okay you're number seven seven my number seven, this is the point when I stopped writing years and my notes just kind of fizzled out. But I'll tell you what I have written as my note. A chainsaw-wielding Derek on a planet of aliens. Hell yeah. Suck my spinning steel, shithead. <laughs> yeah. I, I, would, I would watch a sequel to Bad Taste. So would I. <laughs> Why did I not include that in my thingy either? I, I, I'd like to see a chainsaw-wielding Derek on a planet of aliens. Yeah. I don't know if I'd want it all set on an alien planet, but it'll be interesting to see what happened to Derek. Once he got on the ship, wearing the skin of one of the aliens. That's another film I introduced to my wife, and she sort of watched it and was like, what the fuck is this? Uh, and I get that reaction. Yeah, yeah. Have you introduced her to Meet the Feebles, then, if we're doing yeah. old Peter Jackson? <laughs> yeah, she didn't like it. <laughs> I love that film. I love My favourite scene in any film ever is where the rabbit gets the all-clear of myxomatosis yeah. and runs in the room going, I haven't got myxomatosis, and then gets machine then gunned by a hippo. By a hippo. <laughs> 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 yeah, I love that. But yeah, bad taste is fucking brilliant. I mean, it's a conclusive. It sort of ends conclusively, but and it's just like Derek's going off, going, "I'm Kevin Foyer, you alien bastards, or whatever it is." But if Peter Jackson said, "I'm going to do a sequel to it," we're going to have Derek in space. I'm not going to use CGI. It's going to be all practical, but like fucking go for it. I mean, he did it for no money, and he filmed it yeah. over a period of like four years, I think it well, was. Did he well. play two characters in the movie? Yeah, he it? played Derek, and he played one of the, one alien. of the aliens who the drinks cook? the drink. Was it the cook? I think he accidentally slipped his own throat or something. Or was yeah, it? yeah, it yeah. Was, I think it was the cook, wasn't it? Because no, it was no, the other, it wasn't the cook. It was the other dude who was drinking the vomit out of the bowl, beardy yeah. sort of like alien. Oh, he was the one who cut his own throat. Yeah, the cook wasn't the one who done that. It was, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think he filmed it over like a period of four years or something. It took him to do it with no money and just like favors from people yeah, he knew what like, wagged in it. Can you be in my film? I can't really pay you anything. Like, yeah, that's fine. Because then, obviously, brain dead or dead alive in America, I think it is sort of 
followed on from that and was like up the gore. Oh, ridiculously. I mean, everyone remembers that. The only one who's seen it will remember the lawnmower stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I always, I always know the thing I always immediately think of is the priest. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I, I kick ass to the Lord. <laughs> yeah, I was going to do the same. The devil is among us. <laughs> I love that. No, that no, film no. is so quotable. But yeah, there's again, so many good one liners. Like, my your mother ate my dog. Yeah, yeah not that's all of it. Yeah. <laughs> that's my mother. You're pissing on. Yeah. I love that. But I've been, I've been secretly hoping for like ages that Peter Jackson would give us another low budget gore movie. Yeah, he needs to do something where he's going right. I'm going to limit my budget and I'm going to do something that harks back to what got me started in the first place. Yeah, I mean, I love Lord of the Rings. It's one of the most perfect movie trilogies ever made. Yeah. And I really, really like this version of King Kong. I like most of it. I'm not sure about the Kong on Ice bit. It was a bit... Eh, I just really, really liked the movie. I thought yeah. it was a beautifully made film. And I saw Lovely Bones and... I, was, I mean, I haven't read the book and I think the film weeded out a little bit. And then I saw I saw about 10 minutes of Mortal Engines. I didn't even... And turned I it off. I haven't seen any of that. I really liked Heavenly Creatures. That was a good film. Oh, okay. But yeah, I've been secretly hoping that Peter Jackson will go back to his roots yeah, and give yeah. us another low-budget <laughs> yeah, movie. Which is why I ended up putting bad taste on it, because it was like, I was thinking about his films and thought, that one, it's open-ended enough that you could do more with it. You could, we need to know what happens to Derek, what happens to the boys back on Earth, you know? Yeah, <laughs> I love that scene where they fire that rocket launcher and someone opens the door, and it goes, and it goes through, through the, the house, house and blows up a sheep. <laughs> <laughs> So good. And, yeah, we know you can see the wire on it. It's a firework, but who gives a shit? And Derek, with his brains, keeps spilling out yeah, of his head because he's, he's, he's fell and landed on a seagull. He's on scooping up lots of brain and shoving them back in his skull. It's just so it's so inventive and so well done. Yeah, because I mean, for what it, the for gore. What it see, the practical gore effects are actually really, really good, given yeah. that he used no fucking money. I mean, some of them they lose. Like one bloke doesn't use lose the top of his head when he's shot or something, oh, and yeah, uh, he yeah, falls yeah, over, yeah. and all the brains are spilling yeah. out the top. It, it, I mean, now it does look hokey a bit. It's a bit plastic, but it's so well done. It's still fun, and you accept it I think because yeah. I mean the aliens are just you know they're not the greatest of suits but they sell they work you accept it and you just get on with it so yeah I'd, yeah. I'd love to see a chainsaw wielding Derek on the planet of aliens although I was thinking the other day about what would go on with it and whether you'd find out that these aliens that came to Earth are actually starving or something like that that's why they've got no food that's why mm. they've came to Earth to you know box people in little cardboard boxes <laughs> and, and take them back for what was it Crumbs Country crunch or something or surprise or something yeah I even love the car that dude drives who's delivering the leaflets around uh, oh he's with his beetle he's got the beetles the whole thing's just very bizarre but it's it's brilliant if you listen to this and you haven't seen it watch it because we, we're just making it sound utterly fucking ridiculous it is utterly ridiculous <laughs> yeah. but it's such a fun it's basically movie. for those who don't know it's a small town the people the residents disappear because aliens have turned up and they've killed everyone and they're boxing them up to take them back as Crumbs Country Delights or something yeah. they're called. It's like we're a new taste sensation to hit the galaxy. But I mean, those alien suits that they've come up with, those costumes, they're fucking amazing given he's got no money. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, they look with. a little bit hokey now, but, but they, they look, still look really good. They the look really are, good. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, underneath the, um, the clothing, you can tell it's just stuff to make it lumpy. Yeah. But the, the masks and things on them are great. Yeah, really, really but good. But the thing was, the aliens were a bit crap in the sense of they weren't, they were kind of ineffectual. They weren't the biggest of threats as such. No, they sort of like blew apart as easily as we do. Yeah. Yeah, they get their asses quick, quite Yeah, quick. They get their asses kicked quite easily. Yeah. But no, you should watch it. I mean, yeah. like I say, I like his, his, his like, later stuff, like Lord of the Rings, I, I love, but mm. you've got to go back to his roots and see. Oh, definitely. 
See where it all started. Bad taste, brain dead, and meet the feebles. Yeah, it's <laughs> probably one of the most inventive filmmakers. Yeah, it's just a shame that that's kind of CGI'd itself out. He was supposed to be doing Halo, weren't he? I've never been a fan of that. You haven't? No, I played the first game and start, got to a point where I got really bored, and then it suddenly introduced these creatures called like the Flood or something. I thought, oh, this is picked up now. It's got different, and then it was just endless corridor after corridor. These things pouring out, and I was just like, it's so repetitive. I got bored at that point, and then I kind of ducked out of it. Didn't bother anymore. Like I say, I didn't watch much of that Mortal Engines. I'd turn it off because it was just like a really boring cutscene from a video game, oh, most okay. of it. And I mean, even the Hobbit films didn't live up to the Lord of the Rings films. No. I, I mean, they was, were overstretched. Yeah. I don't think Peter Jackson really wanted to do them. No. I mean, that's not entirely his fault. No, because when that was the studio, wasn't it, that wanted it to be a trilogy? Well, Guillermo del Toro is supposed to be doing them, and then he sort of backed out last yeah, minute, and then Peter Jackson was like, "All right, I'll do it then." Yeah, because the studio had kind of kept changing things, didn't they? That's why Guillermo, I think. Yeah. So I, I see all the, the Hobbit films at the cinema, I but I didn't have the, the love. One. The thing is, what I didn't like too much was the fact that in the Lord of the Rings films, New Zealand was Middle Earth. It was mm. a character. And then in the, the Hobbit films, all the surroundings seemed to be CGI'd. Yeah, it looked like a majority of this was CGI'd. Yeah. Rather than all the clever stuff they did with the forced perspective and so on. Yeah. Then they just put a green screen up and did it. Yeah, which way. is such a shame because New Zealand was Middle Earth. I mean, it, they've got pretty much every sort of environment and habitat yeah. on those islands to, to you you know, go down the road and suddenly you're in a snowy mountainscape. Yeah, yeah. Or then you're in a sort of big field, a big plain where you can like, stage a battle and they didn't use it to its potential in The Hobbit. They just seemed to CGI it. Yeah, it's a weird decision. Yeah, I mean, they're not awful films. See, I never finished the third one. I got as far as when they've gone, okay, Smaug's dead, and then I was like... Yeah, I don't need any more now. I'm kind of I'm tired of it because it was so yeah, I mean, pooky, like the, the stuff from the, with the barrels going down the river. That is in the book, though. Yeah, but it was it was done in a weird, cheesy way where they were throwing stuff to one another and of all the stuff they crowbarred in yeah. that wasn't in the books. Yeah. But then you had all that weren't they on the when they were in the with the goblins and there was a bridge that was collapsing or something. It was yeah. swinging about and it was like it's too cartoony. Yeah, even the opening of the first thing. I went to the cinema quite excited to see the Hobbit, hoping it would live up to the Lord of the Rings mm. and. It took so long to get going. Basically, everyone sort of turning up at Bilbo's house slowly but surely. Then they're sitting around having the longest fucking meal and yeah. singing I mean, that songs. Was in the book, obviously. I know it was, but it didn't translate to film. Interesting. Some of that singing the song was just that went hokey as well. We're like, oh, we're going to use our elbows to nudge cups and things through the air, and it was a bit like it's just yeah. it silly. It looked fake. You kind of lost that suspension of disbelief with that stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, it just couldn't live up to the Lord of the Rings films, which I will always love. But going back. My pick was bad taste. <laughs> Just to keep us on track. Have a moan about the Hobbit instead. <laughs> do you want to hit us with your number seven? Then? Number seven, are we? Okay, mine's. You might have this on your list. I don't know. This is a sequel that I really wish had happened because it sounded so cool. Okay. And it's 2003's Freddy versus Jason. Oh, okay. And they were supposed to be doing a sequel that introduced Ash into the mix. Yo, she bitch. Let's go. And it, I don't know if they couldn't get the rights to the character of Ash or Smith, but it never happened. Mm. And even if they hadn't have brought Ash in, that film seemed ripe for a uh, sequel. Yeah, yeah. And it never got one. And that's another big surprise for me. It, it was a hit. It made a lot of money. People sort of enjoyed it, and it never... Well, it seems to be... I don't know if it's a bit of a Marmite movie, because you've got people who enjoyed it and those that seem to outright hate it. Yeah. 
Oh, I thought it was. I really. I, I had so much fun watching it in the cinema. I had a great time with it. Yeah. I mean, they sort of. There was bits about it where they sort of broke the law of the what came before a bit, and it didn't make a lot of sense. Like Jason but suddenly Jason being, being frightened of water. water. Yeah. That was never established in anything. I know he drowned, yeah. but he was constantly in and out of the lake. Yeah, with, without he was at the end of the film, wasn't he? He comes yeah. out of the water holding. Yeah. yeah. He's even got like an underwater. I don't know. It might have been one of the dream sequences that Freddie forced upon somebody. But yeah, he's 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 in the lake. Yeah. Without any real. He, he's been in a lake. Was it the end of part six or seven? Part six. He's constantly in there. The he's lake. always in and out the water. Yeah, yeah. he swam. Yeah. To, he swam. Whole... He swam to the boat in part yeah. eight. I, I know <laughs> why they did it because you know, Freddie was killed by fire. Jason drowns. They kind of done it as a that kind of opposite thing. So one's weakness is fire. One's weakness is water. I get why they did it, hmm. but it didn't. But it didn't, didn't quite. But I could still. I could look past it for that taking that movie as, almost as a standalone. But then the lore of it. In the Freddy versus Jason, it worked. I wasn't so interested when it sort of focused more on the human characters because I was just there to see Freddy and Jason and have a smackdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And once they got going, it was fucking pure oh, yeah, joy that, for that me. The last bit of the movie when it's just constant. Yeah, when they end up back at Camp Crystal Lake yeah. and start sort of scrapping. And they're beating the crap out of each other. And that. Yeah. it was like, yeah, fucking, yeah, loving this. It was, a good, it was a good fun movie. I mean, it came off the back of two franchises that you can't worry too much about fucking about with anyway because they don't take themselves very seriously yeah. after the time. Well, this only stemmed from the end of um, the final. Friday, isn't it? Where it was called? Yeah, when Freddy's when glove Freddy's comes, comes out, and they just put that in as a little throwaway. And then since then, everyone was like, "We want to see these two go head to head." I did read at the end of one of the scripts they had a Pinhead in it as well. Oh, and they okay. they ended up the, the fight took them a hell. Or? Yeah, it took them a hell, and then Pinhead stepped in and sort of like, "What's going on here?" Then <laughs> yeah. I have such sights that what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, get out. <laughs> <laughs> It, it, that would have been a bit hokey probably but I mean the, the film was hokey anyway yeah. but I really really liked it I, I really put an ash in it would kind of be hokey as well it wouldn't make a lot of sense but fuck I'd watch it yeah there were some really dubious scenes in it though I noticed there's the one with uh, is it what's her name I can't think of her name is let me have a look here um, Gib who was played by Catherine Isabel where she passes out drunk at a party oh, yeah, and some yeah, bloke yeah. like suddenly takes it upon himself to like lay on her and the dude of, with all the fucking glow sticks all over it yeah. yeah and you think mm, that's a bit fucking yeah 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 and uh, I think um the writers were pissed off because there's a scene where um, it's Kelly Rowland, who was in Destiny's Child, yeah, she gets a nose. Calls, no, she calls, she backs off calling uh, Freddie some sort of faggot in a Christmas oh, sweat. That was it, and yeah. the writers, well, we never put that fucking line in there. She ad libbed that and oh, it really yeah. made us look bad, kind of thing. Yeah. They were, yeah, but it, so it doesn't. Yeah, all really, the things you're going to ad lib, don't put. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But it's it's a good fun movie, and if they'd have done the one Freddy versus Jason versus Ash, I think that'd have been fucking brilliant. Yeah, I'd be I'd be cautious, but I'd go. Do you know, what, fuck it, I'm gonna. Yeah, yeah. I think it. you just have to sort of go in there in the right mindset. Of, I'm not going in there to pull this apart. Yeah, I'm like, going to go in there and watch and have fun, which is what I did with yeah. Freddy versus Jason. There are certain films where I just let myself go and really do that, and yeah. they're the best times I have at the cinema watching a film. Like I think we've discussed before, but I had that the last time I had that experience really. Was probably Rambo Four. Oh yeah, I still fuck. I still need to see that. Where it's just I, I say. Oh no, I've seen Four. Sorry, it's the new Five. Yeah, yeah, Rambo Four to me was yeah. one of the best experiences in the cinema ever. Because <laughs> so I just like completely switched off my critical thinking mm. and just went with it, and it was so wonderfully over the top. I had a fucking. So great I think time my two because I don't think I saw that at the cinema. So my the kind of level pegging for that would have been Dread and yeah, Bad Dread. Bags. Dread. I didn't. Road. I didn't see Fury Road in the cinema, but I saw Dread, and Dread was good fun. The three D on Dread was fucking amazing. Yeah, I saw it in three D. Yeah. yeah, it was the best three D I think I've I've gone to. One of the best three D films I saw at the cinema, and it's not. A, I don't know what you're going to say. It's not a well loved or great film as such, but it was the 2016 Ghostbusters. Okay. The three D in that was 
fucking amazing. Oh, okay. You got that scene at the start where that ghost kind of vomits all that green slimy shit over somebody, and that was so well done in 3D. <laughs> right. It's kind of fizzled out a bit now, yeah. isn't it, 3D? You don't. It was, it was it was it recurs, didn't it? We got it in the eighties with the little red and blue glasses. Yeah. In fact, somewhere I've still got my ones from whatever the, the final Friday. Yeah. Not the final Friday. Nightmare, the final nightmare. I went to see that in the cinema in three D, and I've still got my glasses somewhere. <laughs> I kept them as a little. Don't only, do that again. It was, it was shit only the end of three D, wasn't it? Yeah, because they all put three D glasses on. Told the audience went to put the glasses on. I downloaded a copy of that a while back, thinking oh, I'm going to watch it again. I know it's shit, and I know I don't like it, but I'm going to watch it. And I downloaded a copy that was in both. So oh, okay. when it got to the end, you'd have the scene in two D. Then it flipped to the same scene in 3D, which you couldn't see because you didn't have the right glasses. Yeah, yeah. And then it flipped in and out of the same <laughs> scenes. It was a headache to watch, but it was, it was only the end bit. Yeah, when they go into the dream world to fight him, and now he's got three fucking magical worm dudes that probably kept him alive there, I don't know. I went to see The Phantom Menace when they re-released. They were going to re-release all the Star Wars films in 3D. And I know that you're going to laugh at me for going to sit through the Phantom Menace again in the cinema. Judge but I thought, I thought if they're releasing them all in 3D, I'm going to go watch them. And they never got past episode one because I think it was poorly received. But the 3D usage didn't have a shit. At one point, I took my glasses off and it wasn't even in 3D. It was in oh, 3D. Really? There's only certain scenes in, uh, in 3D. Okay. And it's kind of died a death now. I mean, I think the cinema spent a fortune getting the projectors and the screens mm. for 3D and that. And every time you looked on like the light cinema, for example, you'd have the film in 2D, film in 3D. You don't see any 3D films advertised on there now. No, there's nothing now, is there? No. Whether Avatar, the new one, will do that or not. Maybe. Like 3D. All these people have bought 3D TVs for over a grand and then like... How many films you got to watch on it? Five! I bought a 3D TV a few oh, years back oh, and shit. I watched one film on it. I bought <laughs> I bought the 3D... I bought the Blu-ray of The Avengers. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it was in 3D and 2D you could choose. And it's the only film I watched on it in 3D. Oh, shit. Yeah. And then the, eventually the TV just died, as they do anyway. I feel bad now for mocking people that bought 3D TVs, but... <laughs> <laughs> I thought it'd be cool, but then I realised it was a gimmick. I was never going to sit there and yeah, use... that's the problem with it. But the thing with it... Oh, we've really digressed, but the thing with it was they had a good... That depth of field, the stuff in the distance, it looked mm. really good, but there weren't enough in your face, which is why I thought Dread done it really well, because yeah. the slow motion, the guy getting shot through the cheek and that blood coming out, it was coming out of the screen sort of thing it was yeah. like yeah they've got it right now and then it just yeah, it's yeah Dread was awesome but yeah uh, back to Freddy versus Jason it wasn't a failure commercially no and you, you, you say some people are on the fence about whether they like it or whether they don't I'm fully on board with enjoying the film I yeah, think it was a good fun film and I'll happily go back and watch as it as soon as the opening now. credits came up and it was, they were all gorse flat credits weren't they flying mm-hmm. around and I'm like yes I'm invested in this now yeah, I mean, he's directed by one of you who did Ryder Chucky, and I enjoyed Ryder Chucky too. Well, that was a good fun film. Not You can't take it seriously, it's more of a comedy than it is a horror, but I like Ryder Chucky. Really and it did kind of reboot Chucky. Yeah, and then we got some shit after that, like Cedar Chucky. Then I think it was Cult the of Chucky, Cedar, which I, I liked. Because they knew they had a lot of comedy that people liked mm. in Bridal, so they thought they'd up it and went too much. Yeah. I think that's where that... But the series, the recent series was really good. I yeah. really like that. Yeah, like you said, Cult of Chucky was... Uh, and the other one, the... Curse of Chucky. Curse of Chucky, that was really good as well. Yeah. So, Ronnie you, yeah, he did, he did a couple mm. of films I really like. I don't know what he's been doing recently. I haven't seen... Not recently. Did he do, back in the day, didn't he do, was The Bride with White Hair one of his? Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. Yeah, that rings a bell. But, yeah, I don't know why they didn't do it. Freddy versus Jason 2 or Freddy versus Jason versus Ash would have been right yeah. on my watch I'm list. sure it versus anyone from a horror franchise people would have been and sadly it's the last time we got Robert England as uh, Freddy Freddy yeah and and it wasn't 
Kane Hodder being Jason was it? it was Ken. It was. I think Kurt he, he yeah he thought it was going to be, and then yeah. he got stiffed. And I think the reason behind it was they wanted somebody who wasn't anywhere near physically the same size as Robert England. So they got Ken Kersinger, who was a fuck ton taller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought he'd done it well. Yeah, yeah. I would have liked to have seen Kane in the role though. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It would have rounded up. I think, I think he deserved so. to be. I think yeah. they sort of did him dirty a little bit. But I've heard a mixed thing. Some say it's the studio what it. Some say it's the director. Mm. I don't know whose ultimate decision it was. It was a shame, but I think. Ken Kersing had done a good job. Yeah, he did. So I can't fault what he did. Yeah, I mean, I mean, let's be honest. You don't have to bring a lot of like acting chops or range to the role of Jason. Because I mean, I like Derek Mears, who played him into two thousand and nine. I thought he was good too. And you know, if you go through the list of people who have played Jason, they've all sort of brought their own little thing to it. Yeah, and I've, yeah. Kane uh, brought the breathing thing, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. He probably gave it a little bit more of a physical yeah. acting role yeah rather than just stand there and yeah where beforehand like Jason was just someone who sort of stumbled around after you're killing you with no real concern other than physically to look at yeah. you know you think of Kane Hardy you do think of the whole breathing thing yeah. and that kind of thing it would have been nice to see him in the role but yeah you, you say Ken Kersing he was alright hmm. yeah I like him I think yeah. well, what you could see of him you know, I guess like you said you don't get a, a good chance to show your acting chops as it were but I think every time they introduce a new Jason Voorhees the criteria is it's got to be bigger than the last one. Yeah. <laughs> be the biggest fucking Godzilla soon. So eventually we're going to get fucking have for, you know, the mountain. Speaking of which, have you seen for the boxing match this Saturday? No. He's going to be fighting, I forgot the guy's name, is it Paul or Peter? Someone he was like a world's strongest man as well. They've been having a little bit of rivalry. Oh, right. Because one of them won it in, two, I think Hubthorpe got it in 2016. The British guy got it in 2017. This Saturday they're having a boxing match and it's on. it's free to watch. Ooh. I'll find a link and I'll send you that one. Yes, please but do. I'm gonna, I don't know how good they are at boxing. I don't know because generally the bigger they are. Yeah. I remember watching uh, yeah, the mountains. He's like six foot eight or something. The other guy's six foot two. So did you Did you see that fight between David Hay and that Russian dude who was oh, fucking like a seven foot tall? Yeah. Or something? It wasn't a very interesting no. fight That's because the I'm bloke was too slow. He's too big and slow. Mm. But these are matched in that sort of big and slow. I think they call it like the heaviest mm. boxing match ever. Both of these guys have, I think it said on the stats there, whatever it was, it was something to do with a barbell and a big fucking weight. And one of them's done it at 500 kilos and the other's done 501. So these guys can press half a ton. Jesus so, Christ. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'll watch that. Then send me a link. That'll be interesting. Oh, I will do. I don't know how we got on a boxing. <laughs> so that was me throwing it in there because we mentioned about big guys and then I mentioned Hub 4. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah, so my number seven was Freddy versus That was Jason. a long number seven. <laughs> it was a number long. We sort of tailed off all we over do. the fucking shop. We do this thing. Do you want my number six? Yes, please. Six. This is where my notes have stopped and I've just got the name of the film down. It's a fairly recent one. Uh, one that I could... I've been... Uh, my wife would say that I look like the character when I've got my broad-brimmed hat on. And that is Trollhunter. Oh, yeah. Good choice. That's I a could, fucking great film. You could have a sequel to Trollhunter, easy. Yeah, of course you could. Especially because at the end of it, the Prime Minister sort of said about... He even mentions trolls in his press release. And you can see that guy who's been keeping it under wraps looking at him going, oh, oh shit, uh, that's not what we meant. He's talk- he talking about the power lines or something, and yeah. then he says about us oh, to keep the trolls in. Yeah, that was such a well-made film. It was really good. For a- the trolls are fucking awesome. Yeah. The, the special effects. This, yeah, because that was CGI. Yeah. And it was done so well. Yeah, I'm not even a fan of CGI, especially when it comes to horror films. Mm. I like my effects practical. I hate CGI blood and gore. And oh, CGI blood does not work. No. It? I think Rob Zombie sometimes uses it a little bit to just like yeah. make... Something it's a thing messier. To, to enhance, not to completely replace. Unless yeah. it's something you cannot physically make practical, which with a ten foot tall troll. Yeah, or I love more for the last one. Is I yeah. love how every troll sort of dies differently. Yeah, it's well, they're all their own species of troll, aren't they? Yeah, that first reveal when they go to the forest and it comes through the. He just runs out. Yeah. Troll! troll in the dungeon. Turn around in the dungeon. 
it's a fucking brilliant film. I, I, it's another film I sort of made Marie sit through, and I think she really, really liked it. Yeah, it's a good movie. Yeah, the, the wife will always quote that troll line to me when I put my big hat on. Didn't they do like an anime or cartoon sequel or something? Ah, uh, you might be. There was an animated series called Troll Hunters, but that was a completely different thing. Oh, like was Guillermo it? Did it? Oh, okay. Yeah, and it was to do with a kid. Who I was, never watched yeah. it. I think I just assumed it was. Uh, no, 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 it was nothing. Fair enough. Just share the name. Yeah, Trollhound is fucking brilliant. Because I mean, at the end of the at the end of the um, at the, the original movie, as it were, the the Trollhound is kind of give up and he doesn't want to do it anymore, and he just sort of wanders off mm. into the distance. But yeah. so there's a lot of scope in it. The trolls are still there. The Trollhound is still there. The tapes are out there, presumably that people are going to know that trolls exist. So I mean, and even though it is a standalone film, if the director, this, well, I'd like to keep the original director and so on. Well, I can't remember because I didn't write my notes. But if he was like, I'm going to do a second one, I'd be like, yes, please. Yeah, I'd watch that. I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd happily watch it. Yeah, I'd be very actually quite excited for that yeah because I, I I went into the first one not really knowing much about it and yeah. loved every minute it was of it. one of those films that just sort of snuck up it just suddenly it was there and you're like, oh okay I'll give this a go and you're like fuck this is really good I think it was because it was around the time where we weren't expecting much from the Scandinavian film industry yeah, if you like and then they had like uh, all of a sudden there was that and there was Let the Right One In which blew yeah. my socks off yeah, and I fucking loved as well cracking. suddenly there was another film I enjoyed called Headhunters I don't know if you saw that one um, no, I don't think I've seen that one. They started churning out some really cool stuff, yeah. and you know, let the white one in is probably one of my favourite vampire films. Yeah, that, that, yeah, yeah, that would be so. All of a sudden, top ten of every now and again, a country will suddenly come into its own as far because obviously you used to have like the Japanese horror films yeah. suddenly with and the next big thing, resurgence of the French, the French that. films with Martyrs and Frontiers and stuff, and then yeah, the Scandinavians started bringing out like the Swedish started bringing out Let the White One In, and mm. I think it was Troll Hunters Norwegian, the Norwegian, I think, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a great film, yeah, really good movie. And I approve that choice. Thank you very much, sir. Well, we on. Uh, it's your number six. Well, my number six is from 1986, directed by Fred Decker, starring Jason Lively, who was in Vacation, and Tom Atkins, the legend that is Tom Atkins. <laughs> the moustache that is Tom Atkins. That man wears a moustache yeah. and makes it fucking work. Oh, yeah. It's Night of the Creeps. Oh, okay. Love that movie. It's it's it's, it's, it's quintessential eighties. Yeah, it's, it, it sort of the story revolves around like a, a is it school prom that's overrun by some sort of zombie. Is that the one where like the good news is your dates are here? The yeah. bad news is they're dead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember the tagline. Yeah, it's just it, it is quintessential eighties. Yeah, yeah it's definitely. a good fun movie. There's plenty of humour thrown in. Tom Atkins is Tom Atkins, and I love that. <laughs> Tom Atkins is Tom Atkins. He is. He plays the same role in every film, and I fucking love it. Yeah. I love that man. But he seems such a nice chap as well. When on the uh, what those doc, uh, in search of darkness, yeah. And he always seems to be very light-hearted, easygoing. I am yeah. gay for Tom Atkins. Do you know what? I'd, I'd want him to keep the moustache on, but I'd go for it. Tickle yeah. a little bit, but you get used That's to fine. it. That's fine. I've got enough facial hair to compensate that. Yeah. He didn't look right in the fog. We've had this conversation, I think, before. Without the moustache, it's like, it's not Tom Atkins. He no. Hasn't, he hasn't got that sex appeal without the moustache. But then he had it back for, uh, I don't know which came first, that or Halloween. <laughs> what came first, Tom Atkins or his moustache? <laughs> <laughs> Just his moustache grew a Tom Atkins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love Tom Atkins. He was... Um, yeah. Definitely. I think he was at the last for the Love of Horror convention that I ended up not going to. Oh, and I'm so gutted because everyone who met him said he was fucking brilliant. Yeah, I think he was. He just seemed very easy going. Yeah, and if I get the opportunity to meet Ty Atkins again, I'm not squandering it. I am taking it. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. Yeah, yeah. the man. He's, he's been in so many good horror movies. Yeah, he's in the, was he in the stuff? Did oh, I, that? That I can't remember. 
I don't know. I can't remember. He was in. He was in Lethal Weapon. Yes, that was that was with Tash. It was with Tash. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Tom Atkins. Yeah, because it was his daughter. He gets. Yeah, and then he's shot from a helicopter or something. And then he, yeah, Tom Atkins is the fucking man. I I would, I would pretty much add any film with Tom Atkins on it on a list somewhere. Tom Atkins the movie but it's a very 80s movie it's oh, it's it's, it's yeah. violent and like comically gory and there's some there like witty one liners prom nights being in movies that just yeah. seem to be in a lot of 80s horror yeah it's it's good fun movie so that's my number 6 Night of the Creeps excellent yeah no, again a good choice thank you very much <laughs> oh god it's Bubba Hotel very much right my number 5 5 uh, again, I've got no notes at all now, so I'm just going to hit you with the name of the film. Okay. It's Society. Yeah. Fucking love that film. The, the shunting at the end is just so... Screaming Mad George's effect. Just so like, what the fuck am I watching? Yeah, the shunting scene's fucking something else. Everyone who's seen that movie remembers the shunting. Yeah. And for those who haven't seen that, I suppose I should explain. It's about a, a group of... You could call them the, the rich. High society. Yeah, the high society. But they're, they're something else. You don't know what they are. Yeah, they're, but one, they're one of their sons, played by Billy Warlock from yeah, Baywatch, Billy who Warlock is Dick is Warlock's son from the Halloween films. Yeah. He sort of like, suspects something's not right with him. Yeah, because his family are a bit... Doesn't he, walk, he goes in the bathroom and his sister is having a shower, but she's her face is towards him. It's through the frosted glass, but yeah. also her ass is towards him. Yeah. And he's like, what the fuck? And of course he creeps up and moves the thing over, and she's like, what the fuck? Get out of here. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a weird... Body horror movie turned up to 11. But it doesn't start like that. No. It starts like a regular horror movie. We're like, okay, weird things are going on. I'm not sure what's happening. And then suddenly it turns into a massive rich people incest orgy where they all merge into one another. Two people get turned inside out. It's fucking amazing. Yeah. Some bloke climbs up some other bloke's arse or something. It's yeah. just fucking... They must have used so much KY jelly in that entire scene. Because <laughs> everybody's dripping in goo. Everyone's and... dripping in goo. They're in this massive amorphous blob of <coughs> flesh tangled and, fucking you don't know who's is, where and yeah. what it is so fucking memorable yeah well, Brian Usner it was Brian Usner yeah. yeah and the film is so it's open at the end because they basically kill their, their champion mm. Billy Warlock kills him and then fucks off so the society is still going it's another film that's like quintessentially an 80s movie and couldn't come out any other fucking decade no, no, no if you'd done it now it would be a CGI mess yeah a bit like they did with the prequel the thing I actually, there's another film a, few, a year or two ago I made my rewatch because she'd never seen it and I said, oh, you've got to see the shunting scene at the end. So, <laughs> so And she, I think it, I think her exact words afterwards were, what the fuck did I just watch? I think I've I'm done like, the yep. same with Amy when I got her to watch it. Yeah. It's, it's, but even with that, it throws in those comedic moments where his dad's coming out from under a towel and he's got his face in his ass going, you're right, son, I am a butthead. And he starts <laughs> blowing raspberries at him. And yeah. You're just getting through that moment of what the fuck and then you get the whole turning inside out scene. I mean, where else do you get someone turned inside out by being punched through the stomach, having the hand forced up through their insides, as if the thumb comes out of his mouth, the fingers push the ice eyeballs out the sockets and then just wrench him. And that's it's, after some guy's already been pulled inside out through his own arsehole, I believe. So it is a film that you can't do it justice talking about it. You've got to no. fucking see it. And yeah. you've got to stick with it. Yeah, because you might think, what the fuck, it's a bit slow, it's a bit, what's going on? It just seems a bit generic. There's some weird moments with this, the large woman who just grunts and seems to like touching people's hair. Yeah. And then suddenly you're in fish hunting. Yeah, it's very Brian Usner. So no, I think they did do a, quite recently there was a comic book series that followed on from it. Oh, really? I've only just remembered. Yeah, I need to have a look for that. Track it down, see if it's any good. Mm, okay. But I would love to see a movie sequel to that. Yeah. But, again, done practically. Yeah. No as, fucking as CGI. As much practical as possible. Because, I mean, they did uh, the prequel to The Thing. Yeah. And while it's not a horrible mess of a fucking film, and I quite enjoyed it, it was better than I hoped for. Yeah. 
they used CGI. Well, that was the studio, wasn't it? Yeah. Because they had filmed stuff practically, and then the studio looked and they gone, like... That CGI, CGI was not compared to, um, was it Rick Bowden's special uh, effects? Rob Bowden, yeah. Rob Bowden's special effects. he did the howling and stuff, didn't he? Yeah, his, his practical special effects pissed yeah. all over Even the Even though he winged CGI. a lot of it. Yeah. But that's what makes it... Didn't he put himself in hospital with with exhaustion and stress, having yeah, done yeah, all right, those fucking yeah. special effects? Thing? And then, you know, they, they used CGI in the, in the prequel. I'm like, oh no. It just did. It was, the film was known for its practical effects. Yeah. I mean, that, the whole chest opening scene and the guy getting his arms bitten off it's just yeah and they used like an amputee yeah it was an amputee so he yeah and they put a mask of the the actor's face on the amputee yeah to solve that effect and it's yeah. shot so well you can't tell no it's such a good fucking movie so if they did a sequel with the society if they use CGI I'm out I'm yeah it's not good. the thing is the, the only time your CGI works and it's got it's what well, you got to use like you know the ILM kind of standard of You've got to be such a good company, people, or you know, whoever did Godzilla and that sort of thing. It look, it's got to look real, otherwise, it's not going to work. Yeah, I'm alright with CGI in certain films like yeah. that, and say a Transformers film or something like that. Yeah, because you can't make that as a practical. No, in, I don't think it has much of a place in horror movies. I would. It's there to enhance. Always to... pick a film with practical C, uh, practical special effects. I'm always going to prefer that. Yeah. Yeah, over computer generated special effects. But it was like um, Midnight Meat Train. I like that film. But the CGI gore, like uh, Ted Raimi gets hit on the back of the head with his eyeballs fly out. Yeah, it shit just looked terrible. Yeah. yeah, it takes you out of the movie because you're like, oh, I'm watching a fucking cartoon now. Yeah, yeah, I don't like it. I really don't no. like. It. So um, I want a society sequel, but with the practical gooey effects. practical yeah, effects, just plenty of fucking KY they jelly. Must have fucking run out of. Yeah, they must be like, like now. You can probably, I think you can get KY on that from Amazon in fifty gallon drums. They're gonna fucking end all them. <laughs> I don't know why I know this, but you, you know, you, they're gonna buy all of them out to do that film. But going back to Brain Dead, and you mentioned the lawnmower scene and that. Apparently, they used that much fake blood that the lead actor uh, was his name Timothy something. I can't remember. Oh, I can't remember the actor's name. He was going for auditions for jobs like weeks and weeks later and was dyed pink still <laughs> from the fake blood oh, that they were throwing out of. He was covered, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, again, like I say, I mean, Brain Dead's low budget. Yeah. But the practical effects are fucking ingenious. And I think I think when you start using computer-generated effects, you take that level of creativity away. Mm. I well, mean, the thing with Brain, um, yeah, brain Dead, there was, there was a lot of very clever techniques that you do, so like the wipes. So you got someone screaming it, and they flail with an arm, and the arm passing in front of the camera was the wipe, where you then got the prosthetic thing, where like the face gets pulled off the skull, sort of thing. Yeah. But if you don't notice that, you're looking at it again, it looks seamless. Yeah. You're like, how the fuck have you just done that? It works so well. I mean that that set must have been a health and safety hazard with all that slippery <laughs> that fucking slippery blood all over the place. It, yeah. How people weren't like breaking the neck. <laughs> <laughs> you would not want to be the cleaner on that. There's even a scene that sort of references that a bit when he has to like, get from one end of the hall to the other and he can't oh, run on the blood. Slipping. So he's standing on the body parts. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do yeah, do I'd be up for a society sequel even now as long as it was done properly. Yeah. The CGI should be there to just enhance and smooth over the edges a little bit. Yeah. The odd thing that you can't do. But then again, it like Slither. Yeah. That was all. No, the tentacles and stuff were all. The slugs were CGI, weren't they? Yeah. But most of the creatures were. It worked in that. Yeah. That was a good movie. That I made my list. Put that on my list if I'd have remembered yeah. it. Yeah. Mind. <laughs> I really like that I scene. About that, no. I like that scene when they walk in the barn and that woman is fucking enormous. Oh, yeah. No, like, I don't feel well. So yeah, and then she explodes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've only just now thought of that. Fuck, that would have made my list if I'd remembered it. Yeah, Slither. Oh, it's not, it's not the creeps, is in my near misses. Is it? Yeah. Ah, fair enough. That was your pick, wasn't no, it? No, that was my number five, yeah. Society. Right, my number five is from 1987. 
and it's again one of my favourite vampire films. It's Near Dark, ah, directed yeah. by Catherine Bigelow, who went on to do Point Break and then win Oscars with like The Hurt Locker and uh, starring most of the cast of Aliens. Yes, it is pretty much. <laughs> They've got uh, Lance Henriksen, Bill Paxton, and Jeanette Goldstein, yeah. all from Aliens. I think she was like, was she around that time dating James Cameron? She was dating James Cameron. So she probably he's probably like yeah these aren't doing anything at the minute. So. <laughs> but it's such it's, it's basically like a, a almost like a modern a modern day for when it was released vampire western yeah and it's brilliant that I scene in the seen bar that in a while but yeah yeah one. where Bill Paxton kicks off in that bar and just starts like murdering the <laughs> it's Bill Paxton kind of being Bill Paxton still yeah but yeah. yeah with his like finger licking good lovable OTT acting yeah. Yeah. That, that never got on anyone's nerves no. it just that's what Bill Paxton did and you loved it yeah. Rest in peace, Bill. It was such a shame when he fucking passed. Oh, yeah, definitely. But, yeah, I love Near Dark. Near Dark. There was one thing about that film that annoyed me, and it wasn't the film's fault. It was during the whole um, Twilight thing. They changed the cover on Near Dark and gave it this horrible Twilighty cover with this couple together. And it was around... I was looking to get the... I was like, shit, I haven't seen that in ages. I'll pick it up on Blu-ray or DVD or whatever. And it was like, no, not buying it with that fucking shit cover. No. And that completely threw me off it. it I think I've got awful. it with the, with the original cover it had. Perhaps with the burnt face on the cover or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Such a good movie, yeah. and it was like it was it was early evidence that Catherine Bigelow was going to be a really fucking good filmmaker. Yeah. I mean, she made Point Break, and Point Break is the most testosterone fueled movie yeah. made by a woman ever. Yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> you know, you'd watch that and you'd think it'd be like I know it's, it's a better film than he's turned out, but you would expect it to be made by somebody like Michael Bay or something like that. No, made by a woman. Yeah, and, you know, that's a complete balls to the wall fucking action movie. One of my favorite. Was, um, I think Green Street ever. Female director and Punisher Warzone. It might even been the same person. Yeah, I think so, I don't know about Punisher of, Warzone, but I think Green Street did. I'm sure Punisher Warzone did because I remember a friend of mine had messaged me to say on Twitter had sent me like, "Is this any good?" And he didn't realise the director had put on it. No, it's shit. <laughs> so, it's not. It's the best Punisher film. I, know, I think she was just doing yeah. <laughs> so it was definitely. I just cannot remember her name. Yeah, that is the best Punisher film. Yeah. That Thomas Jane one was a bit weak. It was the like, Dolph I don't, don't want to watch the film. It becomes the Punisher at the end of the movie. They should have done that in the first sort of half hour. Mm. I mean, the best Punisher they've sort of pulled off is the TV series. Yeah, but yeah, that was the best Punisher movie. Warzone was great, but yeah, Near yeah, Dark yeah, is, is it's it's basically a, a vampire western, but yeah. not set in the old west, if you like. And, and well, yeah, the same way as Firefly. It's a sci-fi western. It's not set in the old west. It's sci-fi, but it's got all those kind of not tropes exactly, but it's got that feel of it. You just and again, I really, really love the soundtrack to Near Dark done by Tangerine Dream. Oh, and it's yeah. really moody, sort of. Tangerine Dream are great. Yeah. Didn't they do Firestarter as well, I think? Yeah. Did. yeah. Yeah, it's such a good soundtrack. And I haven't managed to find a good copy. I think they did. Did they do The Keep as well? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which I think uh, some of that music's on one of my uh, horror playlists. Yeah. But yeah, it's such a moody, really sort of atmospheric. Yeah, they're, they're so good at that sort of atmospheric. Yeah. It really sort of yeah, like sets the tone of the movie. The soundtrack yeah. is responsible for setting the tone of the movie as much as anything that appears on screen. It's a really good film. Yeah. I love Near Dark. No, no, I'll agree with that. I need to watch it again. I, haven't, in fact, I don't know if I've, my wife's ever seen that one, so I'll have to yeah. force it to watch that. Yeah, it's, good. it's <laughs> full. I mean, the, the, the main dude, I haven't seen him in anything other than Heroes. I think he was in Heroes. The one who, the, 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 the farm lad who gets turned. I'm trying to remember who he was now. I'm trying to think what he's, Nathan something, I think the actor's called, but he was in Heroes and I, haven't, I don't remember really seeing him in anything oh, okay. else. But obviously, you know, people who love aliens and that, they're, they're yeah. familiar with the rest of the cast. Because it is the cast, you like vampires. Then, you it know, is like basically the Marines from Aliens yeah. as vampires. <laughs> as vampires. <laughs> <laughs> I 
<laughs> yeah, but it's it's really, it's one of my favourite vampire films. I think it's in my top three or four. Yeah, that'd be up there for me as yeah. well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, so that's my pick. Yeah, good pick. Right, so we're on my number four. I believe, yeah. Uh, my yeah. number four, they did. They have been talking about a sequel to this movie for ages. Especially quite... That's it, turn your pages. Fuck up my audio. <laughs> order, anyway. <laughs> I think in the past couple of years as well, they've been talking about it more and more. And that is The Monster Squad. Oh, okay. Have they? But they? It's always been talked about having them grown up as the usual go-to. There was a documentary released recently called Wolfman's Got Nards, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I forgot about that. I did watch it, but I'm going to have to watch it again because I think I was doing something else and not really paying attention. Right, yeah. I think one of the lads is actually dead, isn't he? The one who played Fat Kid. Oh, is he? Oh, I didn't Horace, know. Horace, whatever his name was. Oh, I okay. think he actually died of some illness like, a right. few years back, so... Obviously, oh, okay. so, if they were yeah. returning, yeah. he wouldn't be out to do it. Yeah, but you can still reference like that he's you know he's passed on or they got yeah. him or something like that. I'm sure you know you could work it into the script. The Master Squad's just fucking it's, awesome. I love that movie. It's, it's again um, one of those quintessential iconic films. That, it's the Goonies for horror fans. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and Duncan is it Rhaegar who played Dracula? Yeah, was, that is one of the best performances as Dracula ever. It's completely really, under really underrated. Yeah. He is villainous as fuck and loving every minute of it. Oh, yeah. and you I can rate tell him. He's really enjoying what he's doing. I rate him up there with like Bella Lugosi and Christopher Lee as yeah. Dracula. Oh, his performance is fucking brilliant yeah. as Dracula. That's, that's the reason to get a sequel was just to see him do that again. He was. At, um, I think he was at one of the horror conventions we went to. Uh, yeah, he was at uh, Sheffield, I think, a few yeah, years um, back. Well, not, reason, not a few years back because hasn't been one for two years. But yeah, I think I would have met him, but I'd run out of money because I'd. Spend it meeting other people. I think I had exactly the same issue. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah and you spend so much on autographs. And... But yeah, his 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 Dracula's fucking amazing. Yeah. Apparently, that scene at the end where he sort of like, gets hold of the little girl and he's trying to get the amulet off her and that, she was fucking terrified oh, of him. <laughs> and she isn't acting in any of the scenes oh, where she's shit, screaming. Okay. He they had to take her off and calm her down afterwards because she was. Once he had the red eye, red lenses in, yeah, and the fangs yeah. and that, she was fucking scared to death. <laughs> His performance was that intense traumatized that he traumatised the child. <laughs> Give me the amulet, you bitch! Yeah, but he's... We're laughing at this as well, <laughs> but yeah. I mean, they bring in a lot of the other Universal monsters, uh, the Gilman and Wolfman and uh, Frankenstein's monster yeah. Frankenstein's monster is not really a villainous character is he no he's, he's kind of, sympathetic yeah but uh, yeah, yeah. They, they handle the Wolfman where they've got a mummy oh the mummy was there yeah, that's like yeah. one of my favourite scenes where there's like he, the, the dad goes there's no monster in your closet and opens it again and goes big scary monster <laughs> but there is actually a monster standing <laughs> behind him and he's just taking the piss <laughs> it's, it's, it's it, it, I think it's like one of the best training wheels horror films yeah it's a good one to like if you want to get your kids to watch some horror mm. that's a very good I think that was actually one of the earliest ones I got my daughter to watch yeah. when we started because it's not overly it. offensive or gory or anything no. I mean there are some scenes of bloody scenes in it language but is nothing real if you if you want to get your kid into horror or your kids that don't want to get into horror it's a good place to start that poltergeist yeah. that sort of thing but then again you've, you've got more kid or like the CGI stuff like um, Monster House and oh god what's the one the kid can see the ghosts Paranorman yeah, I'm they're kind that. of good. That's a really good film. I really like Paranormal. Yeah, yeah I, I never watched it. Yeah, I, I it's don't a really get, movie. get involved in a lot of animated stuff, really. But they're ones that, as well, because they're animated, kids might be more accepting. Yeah. But they've also got enough of them to make them a bit creepy. I think my was it my son? I think he found Paranormal a bit creepy to start with. For us, we'd love it because it's, it's someone's watching like a B movie 
with zombies in and you get like the, the boom mic comes in and shot you see that just pushing it out of the way kind of thing and she's like <laughs> screaming as the zombie lurches towards her and she's run out of breath and he's still lurching towards her she's like oh. mm. scream you know deep breath and scream again until he gets near her and but I think the Monster Squad as well it's like a love letter but to the uh, Universal Monster oh. films and it doesn't do them dirty no. it, it, uh, it it pays homage to these yeah. films uh, and it doesn't very well. make him into a spoof or anything like that. No, just no. Like, I mean, like I say, Dracula is a fucking... He's not a spoofy character in this. He's no. he's evil as bollocks. Yeah, they didn't go like, oh, let's do a hotel Transylvania and have no. him going blah, 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 and all that sort of yeah. shit. The Wolfman's kind of like nicely conflicted where he doesn't want to hurt anybody as a human, but then he's just like this monstrous creature as a, as a were- were- werewolf. Which is what yeah. the Wolfman should have, you know. It's... You know, the monster is quite sympathetic. They, they keep him as quite sympathetic because yeah. he's always sort of been shown in other things. Mm. It doesn't throw yeah, the little girl it, into the water. Honours everything they already established law in the characters. It yeah, honours and respects that. And... Yeah, if I had a, if I had a kid now that, uh, that was trying to get in the horror, I'd yeah. show him the monster squad. Which made me realise, yeah, my son hasn't seen it, so I'm gonna have to dig that out for him to watch because he's now start, he's watched Jaws the other month, so he's getting into it now. So. Yeah, yeah, it's a good place to start, and it's a it's a it's a love letter to yeah, the definitely. old Universal monster. If they said they were going to do another one, <coughs> I'd be up for it. And without a doubt, you like the kids. Yeah, they like. I'm kids. not a fan of kids in films. They no. generally now and again you get an exception, but generally, I mean, I watched Jurassic Park the other day again. Oh, they're fucking annoying. And those kids just piss me off. Yeah. Generally, I don't like children in films, but you like the kids in these films yeah. as much as you like the Goonies. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah. you don't hate those kids. They're the main stars of the film, yeah. and and you're on board with that. You like the kids in this film. They don't piss you off. No. Every one of them you're, is likable. Yeah, you're behind them. You want like, come on, kids. Yeah, I want you to live. I want you to. Yeah, watching it as a kid. Not like, oh, fucking, I hope the Wolfman tears his kid's off, head off and just fucking yeah. falls on his guts because this kid's annoying. Yeah, I'd like to see Timmy and Alex get eaten in Jurassic. Oh, yeah, I'd have been well happy with that. Annoying kids. <laughs> I'm a hacker. Oh, fuck off. Oh, you know. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. My, yeah. Good for my, you. My number four was the Monster Squad. Yeah, good pick. Thank good you very pick. much, sir. We haven't had any crossovers yet, have we? This Not yet. Weird. And we both agree with each other's... This Go on, then. My number four... Again, when my wife looked at this list, she's like, why isn't this number one? Which I don't hold against it because it's a fucking great movie that I love. It's from 2002 and it's Dog Soldiers. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was, I believe, supposed to get a sequel. They've been, yeah, that's had to And then it kind of went it? down the toilet a bit. Apparently it was supposed to take, take place directly after the, the uh, events of that night. Well, as he's escaping? And I think the Americans were supposed to come in and pick him up and rescue him and not believe about the werewolf story. Oh, think okay. he'd murdered his platoon or something and it was supposed to sort of kick off then. Oh, okay. But it never got made. But it could have been great. Because yeah. Dog Soldiers, as long as Neil Marshall did it and he kept it in the same spirit as the original he's one. He's gone a little bit lately. He's, he hasn't... He's, well, no, I don't know. What was his last one? It didn't do well, but we liked Hellboy. it. Hellboy. No, not Hellboy. I didn't like that film. There was the one... There was another one. Oh, is it the... Uh, um, it was the, the witch one. Um, yeah. Uh, the Reckoning. That's something like that, wasn't it? The one with Sean Pertwee is the yeah, witch one. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that, yeah, that was I a good movie. That, yeah. I liked it too. Uh, yeah, Hellboy's probably his only blip. I didn't think that much of Doomsday. Oh, I like Doomsday. It's, it's quite Mad Max. He yeah. had its moments, but I was kind of... It's part Mad Max, it's part medieval, it's part... I kind of probably wasn't in the right frame of mind when I watched it, though. But obviously, but I loved The Descent. The Descent was fucking brilliant. It's the worst of masterpiece. But then the sequel that was a bit... Yeah, but that they, wasn't him though, was no, it? But they lost that essential thing of where the descent was shot all with natural light. It was yeah. only lit by the flares or the torches on the characters, and then the descent two had artificial light in, which just didn't work. It's yeah. Straight away, you're like, oh, this case is a bit fucking great. On the off chance that you haven't seen Dog Soldiers, and you should be ashamed of yourself for not. Having seen it, <laughs> uh, it's about a, a platoon of um, soldiers on manoeuvres in Scotland. 
they think they're just on sort of standard manoeuvres against uh, special forces. Yeah, they've just got to sneak through from it, point A to point B without the special forces. Kind of turns out their bait for like the special forces unit catching like some werewolves, yeah. and they end up like holed up in a uh, cottage overnight trying to survive as werewolves keep attacking them and it sounds again it sounds hokey but it's not it's brilliant and the the characters and the banter between the characters yeah. is what makes the it film it is very British there'll be lots of talk of cups of tea yeah yeah put a kettle on there was a thing I think where Robert England wanted a copy of Sergeant Wells' you know Sean Pertwee's speech that he does about his mate Mm, what with the skin yeah, with the, the tattoo, tattoo on it I'm sure he'd love that speech and he'd want to copy yeah, it yeah it's great yeah. the dialogue in it is brilliant the humour never ever falls flat because they mention him in everything there's a little hint to that character and all his stuff oh um, I was going to say Oswald but then I was going to say Cobblepot but it's not Cobblepot Oswald or Osborne. but whatever the guy's name is his in. I know he's in Doomsday his name's on for the mining company and his name's on the sign and they were going to have him in the descent as uh, a body that they found some of the old gear belonged to him or something like that yeah. he's, he's tried to put a little reference to him in, in his stuff but yeah the, the the dialogue and the banter in that film makes it for oh, me it's, it's it's when I watched it first off the film it reminded me most of was probably Evil Dead yeah. it's the same sort of like yeah I suppose the cabin in the woods tone up against yeah it, it's very very mm. Evil Dead but we're werewolves instead yeah. of demons yeah the dialogue's fucking so witty and brilliant it never falls flat it's always funny yeah and the characters I are, think the, even the I know people moan about like the wolfman and that I thought I think, the werewolves were, I think the werewolves were really well done. I did. I thought they were great. Yeah. Because they don't go full wolf. They are wolf men. Yeah, they're sort of bipedal, people, but, but, yeah. but they're like just very tall, but they're yeah. really well done. And they had enough of it to keep it in the shadows and so on. It's not... Yeah. I think the, the most you see is that one who stands up in the bedroom. Yeah. As he sort of rises up over the bed looking at his victim then. And yeah. That's the most you probably see when it looks fucking great. But, I mean, even the... They'd even managed to make funny... the. Part where uh, Storm Pertry's character gets disemboweled. Jesus, my guts are out, goo! I'll just put them back in again! <laughs> They're not gonna fucking fit! Of course they'll fit, man! That's comedy <laughs> yeah. fucking genius. Well, we, you met him at Horrorcon as well? Yeah. yeah. Did you get an autograph? Yeah. Did he write, he wrote sausages on mine? He, he, wrote, he wrote sausages and he, he wrote my guts are out, Lee, or something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so funny. The whole disemboweling thing is funny when he's like, he goes, I'll shove them back in. He's like, they're not going to fit. <laughs> and when they're sort of patching him up with super glue yeah. and they have to get him pissed first. And he did actually punch old matey. Yeah. So I speak to him about that and he said he's never punched anyone before. Oh no, the other one punched him, didn't he? Actually. Yeah, but he was actually pissed in that scene yeah, as well. He did, yeah, he said that. Yeah, he really got <laughs> pissed up and then the other one was supposed to throw a punch at him and he actually smacked him in the face and I think you said he liked him blood come flying out of his nose but yeah and he was so apologetic because he's never punched anyone before yeah <laughs> like, oh fuck i'm sorry i'm sorry the main the main fellow in it is played by kevin mckidd who was in train spotting and now is in gray's anatomy but oh, okay. yeah he was supposed to be in the sequel mm. as well but for some reason it never got made which is such a shame yeah i would quite happily get it's one of those that keeps appearing every now and then yeah they're talking about it and it just fizzles it's kind of my um hangover film of choice if I'm laying on the sofa feeling sorry for myself because I've got a hangover on a particular day <laughs> I would happily just lay there and put dog soldiers on yeah. I don't know why but that is the film that kind of comes to mind when I think oh, I've got a hangover I want to watch a movie don't want to have to move dog soldiers that's a good call actually yeah, yeah I, I told Sean Pertwee that which he thought was <laughs> quite funny uh, he was a really nice bloke though. yeah I thought that we were talking about that whole scene where he was punched in the face when I was talking mm. to him and then he was really nice when we took a, had a photo with him and he was like, hang on, let's just double check it and we'll make sure it's all right. And 
And he was like, oh, you look really good on the photo. And then he said, look to my wife. He goes, oh, you do as well. You know, this is really... And he was just so polite. And I said, mm. come, we'll do another one just in case. And Yeah, yeah, he was a really nice guy. Yeah. And if they... I mean, they, they could still do a sequel. It's not too late. That was the most annoying thing, that he didn't get to do a Q&A. I don't understand why he didn't no, do No, he one. didn't, did he? No, that was disappointing. No. Because I'd love to... I think he was quite a late it. addition to the, um, right, to the, to the line-up. Yeah, there, but didn't he? they have some annoying... I don't know some some lame podcasters, <laughs> not us. <laughs> but then there's someone who was just doing like a little. They kept doing like a puppet show of Jaws and Back to the Future and stuff like that. Was that that year or the year? Yeah, that was that, that same was, year. Yeah, it's like, I couldn't. I didn't need that. I, I think I went in and caught the end of the Jaws one. Yeah, I did. And I was like, "Well, this is shit." Yeah. I'd rather be watching a Q and A with somebody because they, they. I saw. Yeah. I saw the. Uh, we saw the Corey Feldman one. Yeah. <laughs> I watched the Argent, Dario Argento one. Yeah. Which was which was interesting, even though his English isn't very good. No. It was <laughs> um, cool. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember who else. Yeah, um, was that the one with Because Scout Taylor Compton never had a Q&A on No, either. there was a few that didn't. No. She was lovely as well. Yeah, but you're gonna, you hogged a lot of her time and you had her arms around you, so... Yeah. Gonna say I've, got, I've got a photo that actually looks like she's cuddling me yeah. or I'm not cuddling her. We, we, we were in the queue <laughs> with some random bloke going, oh, fuck, he's going to be... We're not going to be able to bear the drive home with Lee because he's just going to be going, like, going on and on about it. She was lovely. No, no, she was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Dog Soldiers, that is my number four pick, and it should definitely have a sequel. Yeah, and they, no, should, they should keep it totally the same. They should use the same style of special effects, because they were all practical. You know, we've been going on about practical special effects. You, obviously, you know how we feel about it now. There was a really clever bit in there with the sound, with the audio, where I think when they're in the, uh, when they're in the Jeep, and they're shooting at the werewolf, and you get it from inside, and you can hear the empty metal, the shell casings, striking the side of the Jeep. Mm. And it was just like... I don't know why that that bit always stands out to me. It's been that's a really you didn't need because you didn't put it in there. You wouldn't have noticed it. Yeah, but, but it's, it just it's a little touch that. that kind yeah. of like you might forget that needs to exist in the yeah, film. It adds to that little bit of realism to it. You don't even see it. The guys outside shooting, and then inside you hear that ting 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 of all the shell casings. Like I say, the dialogue for me makes it. it, it oh, well, I can't remember what the, I can't remember what the uh, soldier's name is now. When the werewolf's about to eat him, and he's like, "I hope I give you the shits." <laughs> Is that a spoon? Spoon, yeah. A spoon. yeah there is no spoon. Yeah, they've got a fucking Matrix thing in there. Yeah. And when he finds that sword and he's swinging it around, his mate goes, you're fucking loving this, isn't you? <laughs> yeah, Spoon's a great character. But it's a good film. If you haven't seen it, watch it. Was Vince Spoon one of the um, creatures in The Descent? Yeah, he played one of the crawlers, I think. Yeah, I think, I think he's... he was in the one we just mentioned as well with the witch. Yeah, he. Um, I think he does appear in most of Neil Marshall's stuff. Yeah, he's stuff. there one way or another. And The Descent... Uh, that's had a sequel, so it's not on your list. But if you've seen that, watch that too, because that is a masterpiece in suspense and yeah. tension and claustrophobia. It's one of those films that you won't, you wouldn't have known you're claustrophobic until you watch that film, and then you're gone, yeah, fuck that, <laughs> I'm not going in the cave. That scene with the viewfinder of the camera genuinely took me by surprise because I didn't see it coming. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was like, what the fuck, yeah. hell? <laughs> it's that bit when she's trapped. Yeah, that's horrible. Yeah, because yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't be able to do that anyway. Because I'm like, I'm a big lad, I ain't gonna fit. Yeah, I ain't yeah. squeezing through there. I'm but... Like, yeah, that ain't gonna happen. I might get my foot in there, but that's about it. Yeah, <laughs> I'll just sit there at the entrance and wait. Thanks. Yeah, I'll, I'll look after the ropes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and the sunlight. <laughs> yeah, you watch that as well. The yeah. sense, fucking awesome. Uh, but yeah, that was my number four. Four. So that's my number three. It is. One number three had actually been announced that they're going to do a sequel by one of the actors in the movie probably about five years ago, and I don't know what's happened to it and why we haven't got it, and that's Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Ah, uh, yeah. Alan Tiddick said they're going to do a sequel to it, and I'm sure that was five, six years ago, and I was so excited by that. I'm like, yes, I fucking love that film. It's so funny. I mean, Alan Tiddick is just... 
Oh yeah, he's, he's great in everything. I think whenever he turns up on something, Marie always remembers him as Steve the Pirate from oh, Dodgeball. Not Wash from. I always she had never really been into Firefly. I think I tried to get her to watch it once, oh, and she wasn't okay. that bothered. But it, to me, he's Wash. It's Wash yeah. from uh, Firefly. That film is funny as fuck. The whole mistaken yeah. identity thing, where they think they're a bunch of serial killing like hillbilly yeah, fucking cannibals. Tucker and Dale, they're kind of they can't yeah, kind of hillbillies, but they've got themselves a cabin that they're doing up as their summer cabin, so they can just hang out and go fishing. And at the same time, they encounter a group of teenies. Co- yeah, teeny college kids who are going away for a vacation. Yeah, Tucker and Dale don't have the best social skills. They come off a bit creepy or menacing when they don't mean to. They're just bumbling, and they've already got the kids on edge. And then a series of misadventures. Yeah, they go out fishing it. one night. They see the the kids there, and there's the one that um, she gets bumped on the head, and don't they rescue her? And they yeah, think she's kidnapped. Seeing her in a bikini or something, and one of them's like, "Oh, look at that!" You know, they're kind of hiding again. Oh, this is quite nice. And does she see him and freak out? And she slips, bangs falls the in the water. Yeah, and her friends are just kind of panicking, and they row over, pick Bang her up out of the head. water. Yeah. And they're going, we've got your friend! And they're like, oh shit, she's been kidnapped by these two fucking mental hillbillies. I think I did a list of like, favourite scenes from this millennium oh, on their okay. website a while back, if you remember. And I think one of the scenes I added, one of my favourite scenes from the movie is the wood chipper scene. Oh, the wood chipper's just <laughs> fucking hilarious. That's just fucking, you don't see it coming either. No. And it's just... <laughs> Yeah, the kids are convinced that these two guys are, are maniacs who've kidnapped a friend, and Tucker and Dale are convinced that these kids are part of some suicide cult. Yeah. They've just decided <laughs> to kill themselves on their property. Because it kind of accidentally keeps looking like um, yeah. they're, they're killing the kids, but they're not. It's just they happen to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. When it's something... that, that one moment of realisation for one of the kids when he... Um, which one? Is it Tucker? Is it Alan Tudyk Tucker? Or is yeah. It Tucker? When he saw, he saw on a log and he goes for a hornet's nest. Yeah. So all the hornets fly around him, and he comes. He's screaming and running with a chainsaw in his hand, and they all freak out, thinking he's going to kill him. Yeah. And there's that one kid gets that moment of realization as he runs past him, and he sort of looks and's going, "Hang on a minute." And then of course he accidentally dies, and he sees a bee, and you see him like, "Oh fuck! I realise what's going on now." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a really it's good a little, sort of comedy horror movie. It is it's, such a good film. Yeah, it's it's fun. Yeah, I I can rewatch that over and over again and not have a dull moment and still laugh at it. Yeah. And the fact that Alan Tudyk had said there was going to be a sequel, and he announced it at a, con- at a convention, and I'm like, where is it, man? This, this must have been five or six years ago. I would love to see them two characters again. Well, he's about to get busy again, because they're making the Andor Star Wars series, and he played the robot, didn't he? He did. In um, Rogue One, which I'm assuming because it's a prequel, because Andor dies at the end of oh, okay. Rogue so One. Gonna... He'll probably be doing the robot again. Uh, okay. well, yeah, but he didn't he do the voice of the chicken in Moana. So, you know. <laughs> I don't know. He's done a lot of... Characters in Disney stuff. Yeah, he does a lot of voice work and stuff, yeah. doesn't he? And um, he plays a lot of, he does a lot of sort of like mocap robot work. Because he was, he was the robot in um, that Will Smith film, I Robot. I think oh, was he? he was the oh, okay. robot in that. Oh, cool. Yeah, he does a lot of, he, he sort of does a lot of the same sort of stuff that Andy Serkis does. He's mocap. funny and eccentric on everything that I've seen. Even in there was, you know, the Bill Wheaton's tabletop thing with the playing board games. I haven't and seen it. He turns up, well, I'm a board game fan, so I've, you know, I've seen it. And he turns up in that and they're playing a game. He's decided his character is called Captain McLickety. <laughs> and it's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> and he's turned up wearing, I don't know if he's got like three hats on and two pairs of sunglasses. And he's just being, you can't you can't tell if he's mental or he's just really into his character. And I fucking love it. Yeah. He is good in dodgeball as well as Steve the Steve Pirate. The pirate yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be splitting me buried treasure with you. <laughs> Once I find that, that be. Just thinks he's a pirate. Yeah. And there's that one bloke. Who's like, we've got a pirate in their team. Who never seems to take in the fact that one of their teammates thinks he's a pirate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great stuff. But yeah, he will always be Wash in Firefly. Yeah, yeah, that's... Yeah. 
Yeah, that's where I've sort of first recognised. For me, Tucker and Dale is right up there. If I had to do favourite films ever, yeah. it would be really high on that list, I think. Yes. Because I could just rewatch it over and over again. It is a great movie that didn't make my list. Okay. So uh, I'll tell you why that is. Because my number three yeah. is from 1988. I love this movie. My wife hates it and thinks it's <laughs> fucking garbage. Killer clowns from outer space. <laughs> <laughs> It is garbage, but it's great as well. It's such a fun movie. I remember renting it as a kid and watching it and thinking, yeah, I get it, this is shit, but it's brilliant. I fucking love it. My wife introduced it to me. I'd never, I'd missed it somehow as a kid. Really? Amy had mentioned it to me and we ended up up watching it. And I, because it takes the clown stuff and put the the shadow puppets to kill someone with. Yeah. And oh, they, then they wrap them in cotton candy and then suck it, to, yeah. to dissolve them and then suck the blood. They're out. tracking someone down with a fucking balloon dog. Yeah, <laughs> it's just—it's so stupid but so fun at the same time. The clown costumes are ridiculous. Yeah, but I like them. But they—they—they they, 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 they fit the film perfectly. I love the whole fact that the spaceship's a circus tent. Circus tent. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's just—it's ridiculous, but it works. Yeah, and it's, it's fun. such a good fun film and. Um, it's got that John Vernon who was like a villain and everything back in the day. He used to pop up in like the A team as a villain and stuff like that. He plays Sheriff Mooney. He ends up being used as a ventriloquist puppet. Oh, he does. Isn't he? One of the clowns shoves his hand in his back, draws the little lines down his jaw with, with, the with blood, him, yeah. <laughs> and then he's just using him as a ventriloquist puppet. It, it's a stupid movie. It is. It was, yeah. Yeah, some some bloke gets his head punched off by a clown. It is stupid, but it's. But I love it. It's fun without, I think, without losing, without going into the, the stupidity so much that you're like, oh, this is just fucking dumb. Plus, it's got a great theme song by say, the Dickies. Got, yeah, you always know you're on a winner when your movie's got a theme song. <laughs> yeah, by the Dickies. Well, not always, but yeah. It's, it's such, it's, it's, again, it's quintessentially 80s. Yeah. And we've seen that for quite a few of them on our list. Yeah, but so many good movies come out in the 80s that are very representative of the 80s. Yeah, and yeah. Killer Clowns is exactly that. Yeah. And it's, it wouldn't Stupid. have that charm, I think, if it came out now. That's why I've but, got it so high on my list. Yeah. It's the charm. Yeah. You know, if you're watching it expecting to be blown away by some serious film, you aren't going to like it. It's not. It's stupid. The whole premise is stupid. <laughs> it looks stupid. <laughs> but I love it. It, it. And it will always rate highly in my like of, a list of films that, yeah, that, yeah, would yeah. Have, that would have it. I love it. It's a fucking great movie. It's fun. It's a good fun... Th- and I, and, I, and I, I always... Go back to the fun I had when I watched it the first time. Yeah. It always sort of like it's one of those films it's that one nostalgically. Of those memory kind of, yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember watching it the first time. I'd read it from a local uh, flea pit video uh, retailer, and just thinking this is funny as fuck. <laughs> it's just a good fun movie. It's weird that I probably first saw it fifteen years ago. Yeah, yeah, that is bizarre. It it is, I would have, I would have assumed that you. Yeah, would. it's just one that I'd missed. I'd heard the song, I'd seen clips of it, and it somehow I'd never gotten around to watching it. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it's bizarre. It's a great movie. It's a good. It is yeah, a so very, very good my film. wife is very wrong, and it deserves its place <laughs> on my list. <laughs> Fair enough. Your turn. What are we on? Number two. Number two. Okay, I've gone a, a slightly lesser-known film for number two, even though it stars Robert England, and that is Jack Brooks' Monster Slayer. Oh, do you know? I don't think I've seen it. It's fucking great. I know. It was. It could have been a franchise starter. I'm aware of it. Jack is an angry plumber, and he's gone to anger management classes, which are run by Robert England. Right. Yeah. No, no, not anger management classes. Sorry. No, it's a he's 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 part of his anger management. He's gone back to school to just try and get a, a better education, not to be a plumber all the time. And I think it's like chemistry or something. He's being taught. I see. He's Robert England's a science teacher. Yeah. But then he asked Jack to come round because he's got a problem with some of his plumbing. So Jack has a look at it, and they can't quite figure out what's going on. 
and during the whole tracing back of the pipes, Robert England has found this weird box, I think, hmm. in his garden, and there's a hut in it that sort of... See, that's ringing the bell. I think there's a um, Friday the 13th thing where the heart starts beating, starts beating and he feels compelled to eat it. Oh, yeah. It does that, but then he's, he goes up to the lesson the next, the next day, and he starts freaking out and vomiting all over the place, and eventually turns into this big beast. People are getting turned into zombies, and Jack slightly goes from being an angry, I hate everyone, to being an angry, I'm going to fucking kill monsters while still being angry and hating everyone. And then you have it open at the end. They've set up that he's now a monster slayer. He's in a different country. He's in like Africa or somewhere. Right. I can't remember. And he's all getting painted up to go and fight a monster. And it would have been... I thought he played it really well. It was kind of... It almost had that Ash kind of like a bit... Where Ash was more bumbling, this guy's just fucking angry. Mm. And it's a bit of a fuck up as well. But it worked hand in hand with that for me. See... While you're explaining it, it's ringing the bell. So it's either a case of I haven't seen it, or I have seen it and I'm just not remembering it. Because that really sounds familiar. I'm surprised it didn't. (laughs) For me, it was perfect for a franchise. Yeah. It ends in that, look, here he is, he's now a monster slayer. Yeah, I want more of that. Yeah, I'll have to check it out, because it it sounds... It's ringing a bell. I don't think it's got massively rated on whatever. It's probably only like a five and a bit or something, but I really like it. I thought it was... And again, what we all love here is practical effects. Yeah. And it's great. And it's got Robert England. Yeah, but again, that's not always a sign of quality, is We're it? We're not going to talk about um, Killer Tongue again, all right? So. <laughs> and what was the other one I watched recently with him in it? That was, it was Phantom of the Opera. That was a bit oh, shit. Yeah. And then, based on our uh, top ten podcast, the Stephen King things we did, I did think, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to watch The Mangler again because you'd, oh, you you'd, you'd big yeah. that up yeah, and I yeah. thought, did I just not watch it in the right mood or, <laughs> or was I not fair to it? And I watched it again and I thought, Nah, shit. <laughs> I, still, I still like it. I have fun with it. The gore scenes are great as well. Yeah, I think I had fun with watching it yeah. all this time, but it is still shit. <laughs> it is, yeah, I, I don't know. I know it's a little bit indefensible to, um, to, to like that movie, but I had the same thing what you just said. I have fun with it. Mm. Because it's fun, I can watch it. Yeah. I can be like, you know, fuck it, I'm going to put it on. I'm going to have that fun moment of, it's not something that I would eagerly go like, oh, fuck, I really want to watch The Mangler today. But I might be like, flicking through the shelf. Or I did. Going, oh, fuck, there you go. I'm going to put it on. I did have a newfound appreciation for some of the gore effects, though. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah some of them were really well done. Yeah. Old ladies getting flattened in a... Yeah, I didn't hate it. Mm. I just reminded yeah. why I don't watch it often. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair enough. Yeah, it's not that great. But if you've not seen Jack Brooks... Yeah, I'll... Not just you, any, anyone who's listening, I, I recommend it. I thought it was just a fun kind of... It, you've got their little hints of sort of Ash from Evil Dead going on there, I think, with the way you're reluctant hero... And it's just good. It's a good film. If you haven't seen it, I think I've got it on DVD anyway. I'll dig it out. Okay, yeah. I'll I give, I'll give that, it a little watch. I haven't dug anything out for you yet. It rings well, a bell, but it kind of rings a bell in that I might have seen it, but never really sort of paid much attention to it kind of okay. way. Sometimes I'll stick a film on and I'm distracted doing something else and I get to the end of the film and think, I weren't really watching that. Yeah, yeah. I've and it might have just been the case. Maybe I'd have been watching it. If I was watching it, I would have been more involved in what was going on, but, but wasn't. Anyway, that's my nine number two. was Jack Brooks Monster Slayer. I think I'm going to keep mine the way around I wrote them okay. originally. I was sort of humming and hawing. And we've already mentioned my number two. Right. You've mentioned okay. it. Uh, from 1987, again directed by Fred Decker. And it's The Monster Squad. Oh, okay. And we said, quite, we said yeah. quite a lot about that. I fucking love that movie. Ooh! Look at that big scary monster! Ooh! It is right up there. It's a, it, it's a film I will return to quite often. Because it's, it's just it's, it's gone. It's got that eighties charm. It's got that nostalgia for us having watched it. Yeah, it's got kids. it's got the the wonderfully done homages to the uh, 
to the Universal Monsters. It's got great performances, especially by Duncan Rago, who plays uh, Dracula, as we said. The kids, again, are all likeable. Mm. I like them. I relate to them because I was that young kid who loved fucking horror movies and couldn't get in to see any at the cinema. It's a great film. Yeah. And uh, it will always be a favourite. Yeah, definitely. And again, it's a film that my wife doesn't get because she didn't watch it when it first came out. She watched it sort of years on when she met me. No, I think it's still. I don't know. I thought it would still be because, like we said, it's a good one to introduce. It is people into horror. I think if you've got kids and you want to get them into horror, it's a good one for that. Yeah, she doesn't get my love for the film. Okay, but I do. Yeah, have that a lot is that of thing where I think yeah, if you'd seen it around that when yeah. it came out and you were around that right age. Yeah, I rented it. I took it home. I watched it and fell in love with it. Yeah. It's fucking brilliant. It's <laughs> funny. There's there's genuine scenes of like horror. Yeah. in it. It's and a, then you've got those funny, quotable, we all know the Wolfman's got Nard scene. Everyone, yeah. everyone knows that line. Yes. Yeah. Just... yeah, Mummy came to my house. It's a great <laughs> film. So that's my number two. We don't need to go too deeply into it because we've already covered it on your list. Yeah. So it's your number one. My number one, then. We don't need to go too deeply into either. And this one that your wife is going to be happy is number one on my list because you said she was disappointed it wasn't higher on yours. It's Bubba Hotep. I mean, we're investigating a sculling in the hall, trying to figure out who attacked you last night. You bring me in here to look at stick pictures on the shithouse wall, man? Hey! <laughs> I would actually have been really surprised if Bubba Hotep wasn't on your list. But then I kind of forgot you hadn't mentioned it and didn't expect uh, it to be number okay. one. Yeah, no. It, it, all right, yes, it does. It's very obvious choice, because it does say at the end, Bubba Hotep will return in Bubba, ver, Bubba versus Nosferatu, or Bubba Nosferatu, whatever. And that never happened, very disappointingly. Yeah. But... Fuck, I have so much fun watching the film. And it took ages to come out over here in the UK as well. I've ended up getting it as, a, as an import copy because yeah. it didn't look like it was going to be released here when it was... I I waited and rented it from Blockbuster, I think. But I, I'd picked up a magazine months and months before and I'd seen like a, a, a page dedicated to it. It, like yeah. a, it might have been Fangoria that's or something. I was thinking that's where I saw it. And um, I remember reading the synopsis of the film and thinking, I've got to see this movie. Yeah. It sounds fucking ridiculous. I need to see this yeah. film. And I rented it and was not disappointed. Yeah. That whole scene at the end where Elvis throws his um, Zimmer oh, Frank on one side, use, then yeah. then it goes, don't make me use my stuff on you, baby. And <laughs> yes, doing all this just, I thought this is, this, this is so fucking is good. brilliant. Yeah. yeah. It's a fucking great film. It and doesn't take itself, well, overly serious as such. I mean, no. you know, we've already gone on about it enough, but I've realised now how much a fan of the film I must be, because as well as getting the film as a region one import, at the top of the stairs, I've got the post at the movie, I've got a Bubba Hotep t-shirt and Amy got me the CD soundtrack which was signed. So, <laughs> yeah, I've got... On a subject of Bruce Campbell though, another film that nearly made my list and didn't, that I really love, that some people don't love and it's some like, people are like, what the fuck? My name is Bruce. About? My name is Bruce. Uh, yeah. I fucking love that movie. That was close to me. Oh, I do. I don't get why. such a good fun movie. Yeah. Bruce Campbell just taking the piss out of himself. Yeah. And these um, kids who think we need someone, well, our town's got monsters or whatever, we need someone to help us fight them. Who better than the bloke in the Bruce Campbell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a really good, funny movie. And then, yeah, like you said, he kind of makes himself to be like a pompous, up his own ass actor. Yeah. He hasn't got time for people. And yeah. It's fucking brilliant. Yeah, and uh, it's, like Baba Hotep, it's got a really bizarre, wacky villain in a uh, fucking Chinese god of bean curd or something. <laughs> that was it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love, it's, it's quotable as fuck. It references all the films from his back catalogue that I love. Yeah, well, there's even like Briscoe County Junior stuff in there, which yeah. never got out over here, did it? I've never seen it. No, they never right. came to the UK. Bruce Campbell's obviously having a fucking whale of a time playing yeah. himself, yeah. and it's. Uh, in that kind of. Yeah, but. Arsehole version of himself. Yeah, a real shitty version of yeah. himself. 
but it's a fucking great film and it nearly made my list and I couldn't justify putting it higher than anything else that I yeah. put on my list. I, I did think about that as well. After I'd written down Bubba Hotep and I was like, oh, my name is Bruce. Yeah. Like, no, I'm not going to put two. Yeah. Bruce Campbell, kind of. But as as with Bubba Hotep, I think if you, it's one of those films where you explain the plot to someone and they're going to look at you like, what the fuck are you talking about? But when you sit and watch it, you understand and you'll get it yeah. and it's just fucking Yeah, fun. it does sound stupid. The whole... Mistaken I mean, identity, like Elvis Presley. Yeah. <laughs> For that, yeah. Oh, the, yeah, Bubba Hotep with the whole Elvis Presley. And... Fighting and Black JFK fighting a mummy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In an old folks' home. I mean, that sounds ridiculous. And but... the old guy, like you said, thinks he's, I can't remember which cowboy he thinks he is, and he's walking around with little toy guns. Don't they call him the chief or something? <sighs> the chief or something, the or the sheriff or something, I can't remember, but... Yeah. Yeah, don't he go flying down a corridor at one point on his like um I just remember his, on his Zimmer frame firing he's got, his guns? Yeah, he's firing a little cap guns. Like, <laughs> yeah, get you, get you. It's just <laughs> what the fuck is brilliant, mate. Yeah, it's bonkers. Yeah, it's such a good movie. But yeah, we have covered it pretty much. Yeah, but so, it is, oh, that was my number one choice. It is a good choice. Cool. I'm surprised you didn't have this on your list. My okay. number one. I thought it would gone. be somewhere. Shit, it's from 1989, directed by Wes Craven, and it's Shocker. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I love that film. I know you do. I'm not as big on soccer as you. I know you do because you dressed up as fucking uh, Horace, uh, Pinker Horace Pinker for a convention. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's brilliant. <laughs> I know. I know people don't agree with me. I know it's not one of like Wes Craven's most highly thought of films, but I think it's fucking brilliant. I love the whole premise. I love that whole scene where uh, they're fighting in the different TV. <laughs> I think that's the time when it lost a lot of people, though, because it went from this whole thing about this serial killer to being like a guy who can travel through electricity. And Yeah, but I love that. Which I know was the premise, but I think that's where a lot of people went, what the fuck? Not only that, Mitch Pileggi, he's as awesome, Horace man. Pinker, yeah. is fucking brilliant. He's complete, He's obviously having he's a fucking whale of a time. <laughs> no, he's, he's a fucking horrible bastard. But he's having a great time doing it. What are you waiting for, dickhead? You want to fry me? Then do it, you fucking insect! Oh, yeah, I think you probably fucking choose a senior up in that one. He's just a, yeah. a complete bastard, like you said. Yeah, it's a really fun movie. I, I, I actually watched it again yesterday in preparation for this. Just I thought, oh, I need to watch something. I'm going to watch Shocker. <laughs> and I fucking still love it. And it's another film my wife didn't really get my love for. I don't know if Amy's seen it, I don't in fact, I don't know if I had it on DVD. Last time I owned it was on VHS. I don't know if I've updated mm. to get it on a, another format. Yeah. I mean, I love that I'm whole sure. bit where he's bouncing through different bodies in the park and he ends up in that little girl's body. Oh, she's like, she's she gets like, in the bulldozer. She's, she's like, like right, like, you fucker. <laughs> yeah, it's such a good, fun film. It's got, um, I think, one of the, the, the... The serious version of that is that film with Denzel. Isn't the one where he's someone's going from body to body and killing people that he did? Oh, I don't know. I don't Was it The Fallen or something? I don't like that, think I'm I've seen say. that. Yeah, something like that. And that's the serious version of this. Shock. Shock is good, but it's not quite sequel worthy for me. Although saying that, I'd fucking go and watch a sequel, yeah. Yeah, I think it, it, it's... Like, again, it's another 80s slasher movie, if you like, that you would expect to have a franchise and didn't get one. And I think some of that probably is the fact that it's not that well received. Yeah. But I remember watching it and just loving it I love the character of Horace Pinger yeah. Peter Berg's in it he went on to famously become a filmmaker rather than a actor he didn't he make um, Battleship yeah and well, uh, that was shit but then he made that that was like I, a Michael Bay I think thing. he made that that one about the oil rig that caught fire a few years ago which with Mark oh, Wahlberg okay. which was a really good fucking movie right yeah it's it's, <laughs> it's shocker you know, it's, shocker. it's got a fucking <laughs> awesome soundtrack Oh, God, Mega Death and Alice Cooper. That was the first CD I ever bought. Yeah. It was the Shocker soundtrack and a uh, Dio anthology. They were together. I bought yeah. them at the same time. The I Shocker ever soundtrack the is basically a love letter to 80s metal. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it's <laughs> fucking brilliant. You got no more Mr. Yeah, Alice Cooper's song, No More Mr. Mike Nice Guy, but it's done by done Megadeth. By Megadeth yeah. yeah, it's fucking brilliant. It's, it's very, again, very <laughs> 80s, although it only just made the end of the 80s. Yeah. It is. Yeah, it is really cheesy. I mean, that whole fighting through the street, I think that's what lost people. Yeah. That Not me. To it. But, I was telling yeah, you, I fun with it. The cheesiest bit for me is where he sits in the Barker lounger and Harvest Pinker comes out of the, the chair, chair and then says that line where he goes, This Barker lounger is going to kick your ass. <laughs> I mean, it's fucking stupid. <laughs> but I think the problem with it, if they'd done a sequel to it with now, he's gonna, they're going to go through what, YouTube channels or something? There's too much internet for them to go through but then again you can then put him in you can still use him in any context they could be in like did they go in a there was a black and white thing weren't they in for a, a chat show and they went for a chat show they went for a news channel they went for a televangelist thing oh, you know the whole dollars for jesus um dollars for christ they're in a war movie they get nuked at one point yeah they get blasted <laughs> through another channel yeah so now you could have so much i, I don't know if i want to see them stumbling onto a porn channel but you know. yeah, <laughs> yeah. end of a porn hub <laughs> That's not how you fix a washing machine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that was him stumbling and just get coated in something. Yeah. Here comes the money shot. Boo! The money shot. Suddenly <laughs> <laughs> so end up on a jizz shot. <laughs> <laughs> but it does have, a, yeah, it does have a lot of scope with that because because you've got that traveling through the diff, traveling through electricity. You, you can go anywhere with it. I don't think it fun. would get a sequel. I think it would get no. a remake. If they were going to leak, it probably would. Yeah, it would probably get a, get a remake, and but no one seems to want to touch it. Yeah, I think was it not very commercially received, was it? I think I don't, I don't it, think it did was. Did it get a cinema release? Over yeah, here? did it? I don't remember. Yeah, I even read the novelization when I was a kid. Oh, did you? Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. Seen it at the cinema. I think I rented it when it came out. I think it was hacked down a bit by the censors because there was a scene. You know when they're going to put they're going to fry Horace Pinker, yeah. And the guards go in to get him, and he attacks him, and he bites one bloke's bites lip someone, yeah. and pulls and it there. There's a scene where he bites one of the guards' fingers off, and there was a it was a much longer scene than that where he sort of spits the fingers onto the floor and says oh, finger licking okay. good or something, and they cut it down. They I think they they did butcher a I lot of. Say, the, I thought I remember him saying finger licking good. He yeah. says the finger licking good, but you don't see him spit the fingers out, and I think oh. they did. Oh, they, okay. they did sort of like water down a lot of the the gore that that Wes Craven had put in it, oh, right. and it, it's quite. It's, the premise is actually quite similar to a Nightmare on Elm Street because the main character keeps dreaming the murders, yeah, and then uh, they come true. Yeah, he's having visions of the murderer through links that he's linked. Oh, he's linked to Harvest Pinker. Yeah, uh, I mean it's been old. It's an old enough film, but we won't say how. But no, just for those who haven't seen it. Just it's just Thomas Pinker makes something for me. Yeah, Mitch. Pelleggi. I love him as a fucking character, yeah. and I love Mitch Pelleggi anyway. He was, he was great. As yeah, a character. Yeah, he was obviously having it a while. So weird time. watching X Files going. That's fucking Horace Pinker. Yeah, like, what the hell? And now he's been this serious fucking dude. Yeah, and I'm used to seeing him in his orange jumpsuit, just going fucking mental. More recently, he turned up in Supernatural as uh, I think he was the um, grandfather of the two main characters or something. Oh, I'll take your word for that one. Anyway. But yeah, I love Mitch Pelleggi and. Cool. I love that movie. That is my number one. And I sort of like I hummed and hard between switching that round with the Monster Squad and I thought, nah, I'm happy where it is. And I know you don't agree with me. No, I'm, <laughs> not, not that high. I don't, if I was going to put it on a list, it would be like nine or ten, I think. Mm. I do like it, but it's not not that much. Not as much as you, but it's still no. a good pick. Yeah, shockers are fucking Well, we only had one crossover each then. There's a Monster Squad. Yeah, no, squad and Bubba Hota, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, we're not one each. <laughs> that makes two, so we've had two, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I the, forgot how numbers work again. That's why we don't get our podcast numbered correctly. No, never. <laughs> yeah, that was um, that was quite interesting to see what you had. Yeah, that was good. I want to go and watch some of these films again now though, that we've all mentioned. Yeah, yeah Dark I need to watch again. I don't think my wife's seen it, so... No, I'm pretty sure I made my wife sit through Tucker and Dale. I want, to, I want to induce my daughter to that one because I think she'd love it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Fuck, I just want to go and watch it now, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, our next episode is going to be a, uh, a shite sandwich. Well, we're going to change the title in a bit, aren't we? It's mm. going to be a cinematic sandwich, but we're going to decide on the filling. Yeah. Based on the filling. I haven't actually done. I'm gonna, <laughs> oh, I'm gonna, right. So I'm going to wing it. You're winging it. Cool. <laughs> uh, for a film we decided to sit down and watch, which is a bit of a rip-off of the film The Craft, and that mm. is Little Witches. Yeah, we'll, we'll explain more on how that was picked on that in the episode, but if you want to hear us discuss Little Witches and weird nipples... And did we think it was a... Yeah, weird nipples. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get on to that as well. <laughs> yeah, so is it going to be a shite sandwich or is it going to be something much more delicious? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you'll find out next time. Anyway, thanks for listening, and this is us on the off. Bye. Bye. devil's work.